Hey, what's good, people? Hey. This is episode 100. That's Wendy Jones. <laughs> We're going split screen today. I'm taking my own show. I ain't even going to try to fake the funk on that. But, you know, if I give you the flow, we'll do that. But this is episode 100, people. The episode starts right now. That's always loud, man. I had to turn the volume down so it didn't like blow our, our Anne Canny socks off, dude. Your intro is so sweet. Like, I'm so proud of you. Everything yeah. that you've turned this into is, it's amazing. You have crushed this thing. Wendy, it's episode 100. I'm honored. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. Aww. Oh, man, don't make me cry, man. What <laughs> the hell's the matter with you? It's a Tuesday morning. I just got back from karaoke. Uh, <laughs> God, you've got energy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Listen, since we're everybody who's listening to this podcast, you know we're going to talk about a bunch of volleyball. We're going to start with good and controversial and bad and good. But Greg Faulkner, guy out of Cal Northridge, um, South Bay. Let's just call him a South Bay product in the sense that if he ran for mayor or Hermosa, yeah, I'd win by a landslide. I wouldn't even be close. If I lose, it's you know it's rigged. You would know if Greg lost this election. It, I mean that election, yeah. it's rigged. There's and they wouldn't even care what platform he ran on. So Greg Faulkner, you drink as much as I do. You survive. I don't. You Tower Twelve, right? A roll throws up a couple of times and goes plays plays Manhattan Six Men on Friday and then plays Smackfest on Saturday. You, Greg Faulkner, this is my camera. You are ridiculous um been watching some olympics huh oh my gosh i can't get anything else done <laughs> that's all i've been doing i beach volleyball indoor volleyball swimming track and field like i can't i i can't i can't get enough it's like it's insane no it is <laughs> and obviously beach volleyball being my favorite but those others are a close second because the stories with all of these athletes are so incredible yeah so incredible. Well, I think it's been, to some, it's been kind of an American bummer. Maybe because, one, they have they had higher expectations of where we thought our people could go. Well, we can we could talk about indoor and outdoor. Um, or they didn't, they didn't have high expectations, but somewhere before the Olympics, certain players kind of teased us. You know, they, you know what they did? They turned us into Dallas Cowboy fans, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what happened? Like Clays and Sponsor won like they won a four star, then won another one, and just like Dallas wins like two in a row, the, they're 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 nauseating, annoying fan base. Yeah, I said it. They're nause the nauseating, annoying fan base would be like, we could go to the Super Bowl. We can go all the way, and. I got honey dicked. I got hoodwinked. And I'm telling you, I was one of those people that I was like, wait, how cool would that be if they played April and Alex in the finals? And, and um, um, I mean, at the end of the day, they were who we thought they were in the beginning. They were good enough to go to the Olympics. They were a coin toss between Carrie and, and Brooke. Um, yeah. I wanted Carrie and Brooke to go, but there is no no disputed debate on on the merit. on As far as meritocracy is concerned, there's no, there's no dispute on them earning this spot in the Olympics. For sure. And in, in such a weird year, I mean, when you talk about, you could, no one could imagine the Olympics being postponed for a year and what that does to, you know, an aging athlete, which, I mean, my hat's off to Kerry Walsh Jennings, best 
player to ever play the game. Um, and she still looked amazing at the end. But the way that that year broke down and every day makes a difference and yeah. every point made a difference. And right there at the end, that clutch up by Clays and Sponsel was that just it just was it happened, you know, and they were playing great volleyball. Yeah, they and they were... looked really good. I mean, the the talent level in this Olympics is just so off the hook that, you know, it it, it, it comes down. It's a game of consistency that comes down to a couple of plays. Yeah, they went, know? dude, they went straight Jakaris, man. man I, I was talking about Game of Thrones. I had um, Brian McDermott, uh, just like you, repeat offender on the show, multiple time guest. You got to meet him. He's awesome. Um, where they're like, she says Jakaris and then the dragons just start burning up everything around them they, and that's what it looked like they went straight dragon ladies yep uh, um on those two four stars and um but something at the end told me to to slow my roll when i saw them they, they played the latvians i think in the quarterfinals in shochi and um latvians one two oh but the second set was like 21 14 so they did show me that the the wheels can come off well i guess just like every other good team right sure like you've seen, absolutely you've seen Car- uh, um april and alex get yeah like play the and you don't know where and like it came for from. one set yeah. you're like oh get whooped on you know yeah. Kristen Nelson cloth who we'll talk about later um god that's the future and the future looks yeah great. and the best teams it's it, what I love to watch is how fast the best teams make adjustments so mm-hmm. quickly yeah. and that's you know at the level of the game that we're watching like I'm trying to keep up but when you see those adjustments get made the, the quicker they can make those adjustments you know, the better off they are. And sometimes I, they make them and sometimes they don't make them quick enough. So we got like a good hot button topic to talk about. Um, and the cool thing, I love hot button topics on our podcast because it allows us to jump in and we stir and we stir it as much as we can. But I promise my friends, for y'all, those of y'all watching, I got to, you know, the first time you come in this podcast, dude, shut up, let her talk. So um, there's going to be definitely more of that. But this fault definitely falls within our wheelhouse that just allows us the autonomy to say as much or little as we want. So I'm going to just put up the picture. And um, for the fans listening at home and on your audio, sorry about that. But I'm going to show a picture of a ball that's been a, a hot button topic on whether a ball was in or out. It was Clay's and Sponsel against... Um, um, Brandy Wilkerson and Heather Bansley, and it was set three. They trailed by one. It was eleven twelve. So the original call was out, right? They gave him thirteen eleven. There was a replay. Um, in fact, yeah, there was a replay. The, yeah, there was a replay. Then they called it in. Wait, yeah. what? Right. And well, then- here's what really happened. The replay people in the booth confirmed that it was out. But the the um, the operator, like the person who types in and out, that's right. typed in. in. So now the 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 host got confused. The color commentary, Marlo, whatever. Like you can't challenge a challenge and this and that and, th- and whatever. You can't do that. And, th- and then all of a sudden, everyone started delving into their rule book, which I I will give all of you an education later. All right, talking to Jeff Alzina, talking to some people who not only know FIVB rules but have been in the Olympics and and and. You've probably never seen it's still a first time situation, right? So Yeah. But let's sure. talk about the fun part first. Everybody take a look at this. Everybody watching, is that ball in? Or is that ball out? So for the people watching, again, audio, sorry, video, um, the left side is the outside of the back line and the right side is is in court. So for me, what I look what I look at 
the first thing you look at is to see if, to see if the line jumped, right? 50% of the people, my, my social media blew up. Like, there's like 215 comments. It was ridiculous. And half the people, about half, said in. Really? About half said out. Okay. Um, in my own household, my girl, she's a volleyball. We don't. Yeah. She 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 thinks it's in. I think it's out. So so it's one of those things where um, I got it up on the podcast, and I hate to really. I'm not trying to milk this horse, <laughs> right? I'm not trying to beat beat this horse to the ground. But but um, you know, I just want to know what everybody thinks. That's the that's a it's a pretty interesting spot. Now in regular volleyball like in a real volleyball game you want to see if the line jumps because if the line moves it's in that's the end of discussion because that means regardless of the ball market if the line's higher in the sand or whatever it's any part of the line the rule says if it's in. including the outside part of the line it's in um and i guess without absent of the replay system you look for a ball mark right right yeah now this thing pr- probably left a ball mark that might have suggested it's in mm. right uh, but maybe not because if you look at the uh, uh, Mikasa ball and if yeah. you look at how you when you miss a serve how it how it kind of floats up um, not floats upward but it doesn't have that same crash as a, yeah. as a topspin serve yeah. has it kind of yeah. does like a rock skip uh-huh. uh, I don't know I, I actually didn't yeah see it's it. a lot smoother the ball yeah. mark's going to be a lot yeah. flatter but I saw it and I was heartbroken but my I thought it was out you thought it was out? I did. I did too. Yeah. Dude, I did too. I, I mean, what, I mean, I, there's no, there's no really, there is a right or wrong answer yeah. or whatever, but. No, at the level I play, like yeah. that, that point gets replayed. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, Ooh, I don't know. It's too close to call. Let's replay it. It's not going to happen at the Olympics. Yeah. But I and mean, honestly, it's that if close. If there was any kind of compression. Yeah. Any kind of compression, that ball would be in. Yeah. I uh, I saw the live skip because everyone's like, "Oh, you just chose a picture." I'm like, I had to choose a picture, and that's as good a picture as you're yeah. gonna, as a freeze frame as I mean, you're gonna get. But right. the actual live shot, you didn't see a, a compression. A that's yeah. why. And me, I don't believe in like the sand kicking up the line, making it jump. No, if the line jumps, the line jumps. You do. Yeah. Wendy, you can you appreciate how hard that ball has to hit the sand for the sand, sand to kick to it up and that, make the line jump yeah. up. That's why FIVB yeah. refs don't do a sand kick up rule. They right. don't, you know, you, uh, maybe where we play pickup and maybe this, this, yeah. this, um, this South Bay myth. Oh, that's the, oh, the, the, you know, the, this argument you yeah. see in fours games when yeah. everybody's drinking too much, you know? And, uh, um, no, but I, yeah. Now let's talk about something else. Um, the rule on challenging a challenge. The rule there's a there's a rule on the challenge system. Rule twenty eight basically says the other team can't initiate a challenge once they already did. But they said the opposing team can make the make them take a second look. So that's the rule twenty eight basically. Um, okay. And um and I've, I've been looking for it all day and Jeff Alzina put it up. But then someone told Jeff Alzina rule thirty three says that once a challenge is in, it cannot be appealed. So Jeff's like, cool, you sold me on that. And I said, wait, not so fast because the term appeal. And challenge are not the same thing. Appeal falls under the bounds of protest. And under the rules of volleyball, one of the calls, the most sacrosanct call that cannot be protested or appealed is in and out. So, mm-hmm. of course, that's so. So in consistency with the, with the old rules before the replay system, in and out cannot be challenged anyway. So, so 
it's been this repeated narrative, Rule 33 supersedes 28, but not really, not in the, if you look at the language. That's just my opinion, you know. Um, uh, can we get a real person to decipher that? Yeah, you got two real people here, right? I've been coaching 20 fucking years. Um, you know, you, you've been, volleyball's been your life. You, you, gotta, you have a son at Stanford who's a starting outside. You have a daughter at TCU who's playing beach volleyball uh, for their NCAA team. So, so I think it's uh, uh, for two people to say we are speaking within our wheelhouse is justified. You know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. by the way, y'all kiss my ass. How about that? Kiss my, <laughs> kiss my ass if you think it's not my place to talk about that. How about that? Um, this is episode 100. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was the rules thing. I'm, and I'm going to give you the floor on this one. How do you feel about me and I talked to Dane uh, a lot off the record. I, I'm, I, I'm obligated not to repeat conversations. Dane's out there. How do you feel about not the the call, but what happens after the call? I mean, I think it's an amazing. Um, what I was watching was, you know, the mental fortitude of the moment for those athletes that are sitting there wondering, you know, what the score is going to be at the end of that call. And um, I immediately went to watching when it went down the way it did. And, you know, Clay's and Sponsor lost the point. I went to watch, like, how are they going to handle this moment? And when I saw the overpass, like, my heart just broke. I was just like, oh, God. I mean, to let go of that in the moment, I cannot imagine. And I agree with you. We do get to sit and, and talk about this because this is the world stage. And that's what happens when you play on the world stage. People are going to talk about you know, how you handle and how you play. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, what it's like to try to let go of that in that moment on that world stage. Um, but when she overpassed that ball, it broke my heart because yeah. I knew in that moment I was like, but it, we didn't move on, you know, and, and that's, that's the lesson. It's like, how quick can they, the answer back was as loud as the ball, as the call, you know what I mean? So, it was a tough one. It's a really tough one. It was, but, heart, it was you know, heartbreaking. It was. It was an absolute heartbreaker. Yeah, look, I'm a, we're both USA people. Yeah, for sure. I, know, yeah. I mean, we bleed. Uh, in and out of the sport where, you know, I mean, we're not talking about politics like America first and this and that. But no, we're both patriots. We're both. I mean, and that's um, the great thing about the Olympics is that we, for, for so long, we've been stuck in this political world that like there's just so much angst and the Olympics come around and you just want to feel the pure joy of the sport and be proud of your country and proud of the athletes that are out there. And that's why we pull for our teams. Right. And, and, and then the next level out is that you see the talent in the other countries and those stories. And it feels like the whole world is pulling for each other. And that's, it's just the most awesome feeling. That's the great thing about the Olympics. So I was, you know, I'm you find yourself cheering for individual oh. players too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like who's not cheering for Tina? Oh my God! I, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, Tina's still in it as of this episode. She's um and she's in the semifinals. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she handled some pressure this morning. Handled some serious pressure. They were going after her, closed, and she absolutely and she closed, out. closed out. Yeah. yeah. She, well, they, I thought she kind of got exposed by Clay's and Sponsor. Um, yeah. You know, when they remember when they were up in pool play eleven yeah. nine and um. Um, Clays and Sponsor scored scored six straight points. Yeah. So and that's um, and then I I watched that for you know the rest of the times I've watched the next matches and I'm like, but since then I mean she really she's been handling the pressure beautifully and God they've played some pretty flawless volleyball. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I like how she responded. And she's yeah. such a likable person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's all, she's a smoke show, too. Like, she, <laughs> as I said before, she came on a podcast. And my friend was like, dude, he's like, I saw your podcast with Tina. And I'm like, yeah, you like what she said about, like, being a USC and this and that. He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't hear her. I didn't hear, <laughs> dude, I didn't hear a freaking word she said. I saw your podcast. <laughs> like, this girl's cute like that. Yeah. She, she got it like that. <laughs> So big up to Tina for actually, you know, picking up the phone saying yes. Um, there was also a part of it that probably like her godfather, mm-hmm. um, oldest Lucy's, mm-hmm. uh, is my volleyball mentor. He taught me how to coach Very indoor cool. volleyball. He um, went to UCLA for wrestling and he wound up playing on that U.S. team, but he didn't play. He was a setter, but you're on a team where like Karch and Sinjin are running a 6-2. Nobody even, nobody even remembers you're on that team, but... but He's one of these crush it alpha males, um, and he's very, very honest. He, I love his his style of, of you're I either think, good enough or you're not. Is like, man, that's my kind of guy. You, like you I've know? been working on trying to Sorry, fix let's my. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm gonna show what Tina looks like for everybody. <laughs> Try to catch a freeze frame. Uh, she looks like a thoroughbred racehorse out on the court. <laughs> Doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> half half horse. <laughs> oh my gosh. She yeah. She is she's yeah. an athlete, no doubt. No, a good player, man. I mean and she's still got a year to go. And so is her partner, by the way, Anna. Oh, uh, Anastasia, yeah. 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 I mean, Anna's nice. This morning. Like she just connected yeah. on every level. Well, when her side out game comes and so when the set solid. consistency comes, um, yeah, you got to test somebody and you got to serve Tina and you also have to serve Tina tough because if you serve Tina a lollipop, you're also going to get licked. So, so yeah, man. Uh, and she's still got another year left. Yeah. And they, they went three with a tough Canadian team this morning. Yeah. I mean, Brandy and, and Heather, they they balled out too. I mean, it was it was a it was a tough match. There was no. Yeah, they were. It, it, it was I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was nice. really Do you good. see that? Well, who's that? LT. It says, hey, Wendy, hey. I'm, Wendy, I'm available to take your court. Um, the after Atlanta AVP, as I will be in Hermosa. Oh, very nice. I have, I was so honored that I, I met LT one time and he raked my oh, court Oh, he for said, right. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, LT doing some really, really good things in Florida. Yeah. Got, got, got like I want to come down to Florida. Yeah. I think he's There's got, some great stuff going on down but there. That's I keep a, meeting but, awesome people from but Florida. But dude, that's the dream job. Yeah. If you get to coach juniors and pros, um, that's it. Because you, so you're not true. bound by all these rules. I moved to California to coach NCAA. I want to, dude, I got what I want. You know, I didn't even want what I got. I'm like, I don't want to do this college thing. All these damn rules. Here you're so allowed to rules. talk to you and all this and that. So, so true. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is college is the one thing where, as far as control is concerned, the coaches are the ones that have the most control. And pros and juniors, the coaches have the least control. Co- yeah. Pros, you uh, run pro. Listen, guys, for listening, people listening at home, pros are run by the players. You know, you have to. They're paying you to to, to help them win. And and if you run a stricter protocol, of course, you you have more control. But really, it's about it's about catering to what they want and make them better versions of themselves, right? Yeah. Like, like in a perfect world, I mean, I'd like to roll up on film and say you need to change your steps. He ain't doing that. He's a goofy foot, but he yeah. ain't doing that. So, but what so I, it's, what I love about and I've listened to you talk about coaching pros before, mm-hmm. and 
when someone has a set of eyes like you, like you really notice things in the game that maybe when you're in the game, you don't see it as fast. And these guys, because I've seen you and you don't overreach when no. you coach pros because you know they know what they're doing. But that extra set of eyes that you can provide that that quick switch or maybe make this adjustment a little quicker than they would realize how to make it. I mean, that's where that level of coaching, I think, is just amazing to watch. Yeah. And I really think everybody should have that. And I think professionals, because I always tell these, especially young yeah. professionals, get a coach. And don't sweat the star power bullshit, right? Totally. Like a lot of people didn't even know who LT was until... Um, the, the, the masterful job you do with um, Eric Baranek and Bill Kalinske, mm. which he as a coach takes no credit for, of course. Which I had no uh, idea um, he was behind that because yeah. that was honestly my favorite <laughs> Manhattan yeah. Beach. I followed them around that tournament watching yeah. their matches because it kept getting better and better and better. Well, and I was be, like, what the heck is going on out there the first on that outside you. court? Yeah, and I didn't right? know LT was behind that. Yeah. That is one of my favorite volleyball memories was watching those two in Manhattan Beach. God, he'll be the first to tell you I was following him around too because I, I was coaching Robin Rob, Dior and McLean. Yeah. Third round qualifier was there. Fourth round, I got dropped by um, Jake and Earl. Because uh, Arturo was there. We, we both showed up at the same time. So I was there for that. But I was also Rafu's coach too. So for three matches in a row, the third round qualifier, fourth round qualifier, they get into the draw. And they, then they got to play Rafu and Ed. Yep. So there's three times in a row they had to see me, see my face. And Eric is like, dude, I, he says, you're my friend, but I don't want to fucking see you. So <laughs> I don't want to see you no more. So, But talk about a great journey, huh? Out no. of the, um, how many contenders bracket games do you have to win to get to the semifinals? That's ridiculous. It's a lot. It's like, yeah, well, you got, well, contenders, you have to win probably nine to win the whole thing. So yeah, that means right. they, they won seven or let's just call it six. Let's be conservative yeah. and call it six. Yeah. And good teams, right? Ricardo and Rosie at the time, 2-0. Uh, um, Case Beer and Shock, 2-0. Um, Brunner and Hayden, um, who made the uh, Hawaii, you know, Hawaii yeah. oh. VP finals, 2-0. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. But that's who LT is. But I think the point we were trying to make was you just need a coach whose volleyball IQ is A, high enough. Two, for sure don't fucking sweat their playing pedigree. Like, every great player is not going to have a coach who is a better player than them, right? Lockheed uh, um, never has and never will be a better beach player than Phil and Nick, right? Um, Right. Rich Lamborn. Mm Mm-hmm. Was a pure indoor player, pretty much, and maybe yeah. a couple of years removed from the beach. Picks up Jake and Taylor. Not even, I mean, we're not even going to talk about the comparison of beach experience when it comes to Jake or Taylor compared to him. But dude's a smart guy. Yep. Sharp as attack, runs a tight ship, and um, fre- like you said, fresh eyes. Yeah. So it's being able to see. Yeah, and and being able to let go of your ego and know that that's uh, that person's there to help you. They're not there to make you look, think about it. They're there to make you look better. Mm-hmm. Their whole job is to make you look better. So why don't you take something off your plate yeah. and, you know, maybe you get into flow a little more because you're not thinking about 10,000 things and you have another set of eyes that can just help you make the adjustment. Did you just say let go of your ego? <laughs> All of the guys out there, they're like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Samuels is texting me, but if he's watching the live version, he knows I'm busy. 
Jeff Samuels is a bug out right now. I'm, I'll text him later. All right. Well, I yeah, I would love to give him a shout out for that. Um, this is totally off topic. But when you posted mm-hmm. his karaoke on your Facebook, might have been the most I've smiled in a long time. Did you know? Who that knew that was, Jeff had it who in Who knew? Him? He picked a country song. I'm so bummed that I didn't even didn't go out with you that night on your birthday. When you posted that, I was like, are you kidding me? He's amazing. You know what? That was to amazing. That, we calling him back. Yo, buddy. <laughs> Yo, Jeff. We live on the podcast right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got Wendy Jones, episode 100. So I'm going to have to call you back. But you're on speakerphone right now. So I was you're, giving, you're on the podcast again. I was giving you a shout. I was giving you a shout out for that um, Facebook uh, post that Jason put up for the Good Directions karaoke. That was so legit. Thank you. <laughs> the, and this boy went straight country on it. It this, was this awesome. From Flint, Michigan. If went there's straight two up things that I like in life, it's volleyball and country music. So that that post just made my day. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'd love to hear it. Dude. All right, guys, you guys have fun. All right. All right, later. That was awesome. Oh, that's, is that how we do? Yeah. <laughs> Just calling people on the podcast. <laughs> Who else we got? Nah, Dane's not picking up. <laughs> he's overseas. Yeah, he's otherwise detained. Now, jumping back on this thing before we get off. Yeah. Um, controversial call. Um, well, the game, the game didn't come down to that one call. No, no, and, and, I'm, no gl- game, and I'm glad no it game didn't. ever does. No, but I'm glad it part. didn't. I'm glad it wasn't thirteen up because yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, all the plays that led to that decided." And I'm like, "That's not entirely true." When you have two teams that are evenly matched, yeah. and you and you and you you have your share of mistakes because that's evenly right. matched, and sure. you have a share of great plays because yep. that's what being evenly matched is. You have you make the same amount of mistakes as you do good plays, mm-hmm. right? And it comes down to something where a ref has to decide it. Then yeah, uh, uh, that does decide the game. But with that being said, this yeah. is eleven twelve, you know, uh, and it does it takes some momentum away. But you got a timeout. Sarah Sponsor, uh, what she did unwittingly or not, arguing with the referee, getting a yellow card, bought her some more time. Mm-hmm. You you know what I'm saying? And a yellow yeah. card. It was like, oh, yellow card. Come on, yellow cards cost you nothing. Right. I, I, I look, just move on. You just get yeah. chewed out. Right, yeah. I, I got you. You got chewed out before I got you. Right? Yeah. You, just, you just, it's like if you're, you're you're in the military, you're not gonna get Article 15. You're just gonna, you're just yeah. gonna get chewed out. It costs nothing. It's, right. it's, it's no paperwork. It doesn't cost her a point. No. And, and in fact, it bought her some more time. So, to me, I agree with you because it's not what happened. It's what you do the next play. It's yeah. what happens the next play. Yeah. And this one, they had a next play blunder and they had a final play blunder. There yeah. was an option. Uh, with Brandy, which is kind of like a luff balloon that you didn't need to be Sarah Sponsel to cover, mm-hmm. you know. And for the people like, oh, it's easy for you to sit there on the microphone and say that, kiss my ass. That's okay. I'm gonna say it again. So, um, because that, because we're gonna yeah. get on, we're gonna get on that too. But Dane came on my podcast and bear with me. I'm here I am talking too much again. No, right? you're fine. Um, <laughs> For those of you listening, uh, I take you back to the Olympics in 2000. Dane and Eric Fenoy, who um, all the American population concedes wasn't even the, the best team we sent to the Olympics, all right? They were just happy to be in the quarters, and Dane told me that uh, on the podcast. Portugal, side-out game. Takes an hour to get to 10 up. Fenoy hits a ball wide. 
Then the, they call timeout, and then they come back from the timeout, and the referee gives them a red card, not a yellow. So now a red card's a point. So now, after all of that work to get to 10 up, you're not just down by one, you're down by two. So... The red card was because they the delay took, a game. took too long? Yeah, I think okay. the ref would, uh, claimed he warned them before, and they had this reputation of taking too long to get back on. But okay. you got to understand, that's the, the semifinals, and the ref should have... The ref, yeah. are, the ref abuses power, in my opinion. Okay. He could have given him a yellow and, oh, discretion, discretion, here we go. So what happens is Dane, they get the ball back. Dane serves position one ace. He risked away um, ace position four. Um, Fenoy gets a block. So now they're up by 13-12. Uh, they switch. Um, Dane gets a poke dig off a jumbo attempt, transition. And then the last point of the game, ace right down the middle. Mm. A little hubby wave. And I, and I mean clean. Um and the, why am I saying this story and why am I talking more than Wendy right now? The moral of the story is if they lost because of that red card, America, uh, half of America, oh, they got robbed and this and that, and they would have understood. But they chose to go the other way. In fact, with that kind of champ shit, that kind of winner's mentality, they probably don't get five points in a row if it wasn't for that red card. So what Sarah, with respect to Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays, all the, they showed me that they're good and they have these spurts. But when it comes to that champ shit, they're not there yet. Sorry. You're, you're, and and I, I am, for those that think it's not my place to say that, I'm making it my place to see that. I'm, how do I make it my place to see that? say that? Years and years of experience. I've been coaching this game for 21 years. I've been commentating for like six. I, I was an active player indoor, indoor and some grass and some beach for 30. And there are levels where you're speaking out of turn and there are levels where you're speaking appropriately to your experience. And I believe, and, and for the people that know me, know, know that I'm speaking from this place where I have every right to say that. They're not on that championship. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think they showed... You know, for every time that one of those commentators would throw out their age and, um, you know, being the youngest beach volleyball Olympians that have ever been yeah. there for America, it's a moment. But it's a, as heartbreaking as it was, it's a moment in that career that is not even close to over. Right. Well, I mean... But I mean, so aren't, aren't we the first ones to say that they deserve to be there? Oh, absolutely. Aren't we the first ones to say absolutely. they earned their spot as far as merits? I mean, meritocracy is a funny word when it comes to, you know, like how the U.S. indoor team picks their players, right? It's not like they, they had some kind of point system that allowed them, to, that got them in. Yeah. Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays, come on. They, there was a point system. Yeah. And they, and they bossed it at the end with, yeah. with two, two whatever. When it mattered. Yeah. yeah. And that, so at the same time, if we, if we can give them that, if we have enough, uh, um, if it's our place to praise, them uh, uh you know based on our experience and what we see and what they did they have uh, that, that 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 works both ways you know i'm not saying nothing about sarah sponsor's mom right it's, this isn't I, I attack volleyball players with volleyball you know and and all what they showed me they'll be back next olympics right if they stay together is, is there any doubt in your mind they'll be back next olympics no doubt in my mind no look i got i, I i'm not my feeling my feelings aren't hurt but uh they did play well enough to tease us Oh, for where sure. Where we could have this this pipe dream of yeah. watching them play April on Alex for the goal, which would have been, uh, yeah. Well, not not uh, um, not 
extraordinary but just like, like i'll say it like the good old days right right kessie yeah. and ross right, against right, right. um misty yeah. and carrie right carrie. uh karch and and Stephis against dodd and whitmar so yeah. it wouldn't be the first time we had an all-american uh, beach volleyball thing but yeah but big up to them and it was something for the, the intensities of this podcast because yeah. we have we, we can we have to talk about things sometimes that are uncomfortable and 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 Wendy, yeah. hey, this ain't on her. I'm carrying the water on this one. So if you have a problem with what I said, come see me. If you dis <laughs> no, if you disagree, uh, if you disagree, then let's let's talk about the issue. If you want to talk about my experience and make it about something else other than what I said, then I'm not gonna have that discussion with you. But if you want to keep it on topic, and if you have some experience where you want to speak on this or more experience or whatever, let's have this conversation if you disagree with me on that. But as long as we have the conversation where we attack the issue with the issue itself, I'm attacking volleyball with volleyball, all right? That's, yeah. that's, that's well, some people say it's personal because saying that they're not a champion, that's a personal attack, it's not. You just, no, you just know one when you, uh, the story I just told you so it says that you know one when you see one. But you know what? Like even champions, oh, common always, sections left. <laughs> common sections gone. They ain't saying nothing. Sorry. Every oh, every champion has that moment where you can remember looking in their face. I watched it in Sarah Pavin this morning, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh shoot, she was she was on the ropes. She was yep. looking tight. She was looking tired," and. My heart is breaking because I'm watching this number one seed and mm -hmm. amazing. I, I love watching them play. But those Australians were taking them to task. Yes. Okay. That moment in their eyes. I saw it in, in um, Sarah and Kelly the other day when that look comes and you saw it in Carrie when she was passing right side in that match. Ooh, like semifinals against Barbara and Agatha. Yeah. And you don't have to have been in that moment because you know this is a game of consistency. You don't have to have been in that moment. You just, as an athlete at any level, you can recognize that little crumble in confidence, that little bit of tightness. And at that level, in that moment, it sticks out more than it does in, it, it, than intermediate exactly. players. You don't, there's no room for error. So my hat is off to all these athletes because right. they are performing in the most intense pressure filled situations that I, you can never imagine. And, they do it with grace. You know, when they lose, they're heartbroken. And you don't see people out there throwing fits. And, you know, I mean, they're going to fight for their point in the moment. And then look at, you know, Try and uh, Jake showing up last night, you know, to cheer for April and Alex. Like What a honeymoon, huh? Seriously. Yeah. And watching that one yesterday morning, we haven't even touched that match. No. Oh, my gosh. You, um, uh, look, like, but, I have but, gotten nothing done in the last however many days because this has been such a fun well run. we're right now we, we yeah. can close the door like on yeah. sponsor and clays because we said yeah. everything we needed to say but the whole champ thing uh championship championship mentality thing is a continued conversation yeah um champions and in the they are ice in a cold world yeah and what do i mean by that there's going to be a situation where no matter what the call is or no matter what happens either you do or you do not yeah. You want to know, guys, you want to know what championship mentality is. And um, um, and I've won a, a championship in Germany as an indoor player. So um, not the Olympics, but you're getting paid to play. You're right. You, 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 someone thinks you're good enough to play the sport where you don't have to wait tables at night. You, you, you know, that was a boom period. But in championship games, when the tensions get high, butt cheeks get tight, right? Either At the end of the day, the thing that makes someone a champion is at the end of the day, they remember that you did or you did not. 
So, it, and that's a cold, mm-hmm. cold thing to say because we're not talking about someone doing the best they can. Everyone out yeah. there is doing the best they can. For sure. It's cold. It's cold because no one's talking about someone, how bad someone wants it, right? Just because yeah. this team wants it. Oh, that means, you know, my, my, my least favorite thing is like, you know, this, it's got, you know, God, give me the strength to win this game. Well, the yeah. team believes in God too. I mean, yeah. God's got better things to do. Okay, so um, you know, and I'm a Jesus freak, but God, yeah. but sports, God's got better things to do. There's there's four people that believe in God on that team. Yeah. But at the end of the day, <laughs> so where every, no, but at the end of the day, when, when everybody wants it, when everyone yeah. deserves it, sponsor and Clays deserve it. They've been For in sure. that opportunity. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and this is gonna sound cold, but you gotta, you guys, you gotta eat this. Either you do. Or you do not. There is no try. There is no excuse. Yeah. There is no excuse. And there, we can go all day on examples of how people got screwed because of calls or people chose to go another way in spite of calls. Right. And what they showed us. Sorry. Look, this isn't attacking her personally, but what we see with our eyes and what we've seen in our experience. Yeah. Decades. Decades. Sure. It's probably... There's probably 50 years of experience between the both of us. Yeah. 55 years of experience yeah. between the both of us. Ridiculous. Okay. Uh, what we've seen shows you either did or you did not. Yeah. You did not. And I hope. And but I hope they do next time. I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah. So try and try and um, try and Jake. <laughs> From the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's Sean. Yep. Agreed. Trust your Sean coaches says, and the process. Yep. Trust your choice, your coaches and the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sean Ledig, my man. Yeah. Come, you too. Come see me, man. <laughs> I make it, your game better. Hmm? Try and Jake from the first, the first game out. Like, and obviously the story that comes before with Taylor is another heartbreaker from this crazy year and a half that we've been through. But. Um, when those two took the court that first morning, we were in Atlantic City, and I was like, no, I got to stay back and watch this game. I got to see how this goes down. And it was just chills after chills watching them be like, okay, two practices, and we're out here just just answering back to the on the world stage like nobody's business. Like, it was it was so fun to watch. And... Um, oh, it just was, dude. Just, I didn't, I didn't catch every match, but every one that I saw up till you know the heartbreaker yesterday was they're just so inspiring with both of their stories you've got the, the the oldest beach volleyball athlete you know cancer survivor you've got tri's story with coming through autoimmune you know the the trials he's been through with that i mean it, it that story had everything to it and they showed up like champions and they competed like champions and watching try defend and all like just go from you know split blocking to being that defender and some of the ups that he had and that serve and just it was flawless it was i'm actually doing a poll right now a live poll um who wins the gold for women's beach i put april on alex i'll put aussies they're looking good i'll put um right in one Mm. Right in option. The bit rate sucks on the live stream, but I don't care about the live. I mean, live stream is more about fan interaction yeah. than it is about res. I mean, the, the replay is going to look really good on this. So, you said try and get. It is, you know what I call it? Hmm. I call it the honeymoon phase. Yeah, Karch said that right? in the beginning. You, yeah. um, 
you have this new girlfriend, right? You got this, <laughs> you got this little conversation going. Oh, I got that in common too. Wait, you like dark chocolate? Me too. Cool. Mayonnaise on a sandwich. Oh my god, that's gross. You too. Oh, it's cool. Let's let's meet up tomorrow. You know, let's let's go let's go hiking. Let's um, let's pepper. Let's pepper together. Let's let's um, let's go watch it. Let's go to an indoor game. So they're in this phase where this the you there's a there's that tingly feeling where you look at her and she looks at you and it's like, damn, you feel that? <laughs> and that's to me that's what try. I'm gonna turn this down. That's what try and um, Gib had. They had this really cool honeymoon phase. Yeah. And um. And everything goes right. And honestly, even in the loss to Qatar at the end of pool, didn't really phase that. That didn't end the honeymoon. That was that they were like, hey, you know what? It's what you you do in the playoffs. They're such grinders. And you want to talk about mental stability and fortitude like you can see it. You know, I mean, the way Tri goes back to the service line and just rips that ball like Mm -hmm. and, you know, scored a bunch of points with that serve. And then when one goes out, one goes out. But he's. On average, he's killing it. Right. Right. And he doesn't go. There's you don't see mm-hmm. any fear in the way they play. No, they're flash bang it, plays. They're, yeah. The two look the two fastest ways to score a point in volleyball indoor in the beach is a serve and the block. So yeah. you got two guys that are blockers, and you got to try with this constant pressure getting these aces, and then you know this you take you lose your court vision a little bit, and Jake, uh, Jake makes you pay makes you pay at the block. He's got a great reach in, yeah. particularly with his um right right arm. Sometimes he's blocking cross, but then he'll just snatch one and bring it back if you try to wrist away line right. So really really good with that so so in many ways people might make the leap like oh my god this is a better team than jake and taylor is but but um but i'm like wait not so fast right um there are plays where if you get a dig there are these guys i call transition kings and transition queens i bring your attention to um ahmed from from guitar when he gets a dig and you just pump it up somewhere in the net that dude's, that dude's a transition king. Yeah. A Lupo, you know, has these streaks like that. And Taylor Crabb is very much like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought that they were missing. Sometimes they get a dig. I've seen them get serious where they've gotten three digs and had to give up a, like two down balls and a free. Yeah. You know, two down. And you can't, at this level, you can't, you're yeah. going to give someone three, three, three opportunities to get a point. They're going to burn your ass. Where Taylor... He's God. He's so good. He's just like some some plays is like, hey, it's fast break volleyball. No guts, no glory. This one I'm a swing at. Yeah. This one I read a progression and this and that. So, his dig and transition game was better. Now, what I liked better about Try and, and Gib is that with Taylor and Jake, you have a decision to make who you want to serve. Right. With Try and Gib, the decision's already made. You're not going to serve Try. Yeah. You're going to serve Gib. You know, you're just dark. Tries, tries. Um, he's he's got ni- such a hold, a nice hold in his platform. Yeah. Any one of us, okay? Yeah. This is where I'm. A, I'm a, sh- a schmuck from Brooklyn. I could set try about that ball because the ball waits for me to get there. You know, he's got that nice little indoor hold at yeah. the end, that little half second um, hard wall, padded wall thing we call. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you, we knew Jake was gonna get all the serves. Yeah, and and. If you have a team like that where you know Jake's getting getting all the serves, that's a win too. Yeah. So that's where I thought they might have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor and Jake, there's nothing like that, that transition game. There's nothing like that that um that that chemistry that they're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, know what? That's going to be a new honeymoon when they get back together, right? They're yeah. they're probably going to do the stops together, the tour together. I hope. Okay. Um, 
think about it. It's like you break up with your girlfriend, right? And then you're out there and you test the market and then the other another that relationship you thought was going to be good kind of ends. And then you kind of come back at your, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, they come, come back at each other on a different level and it feels fresh and new again. So it's, you yeah. know, it's going to be yeah. like that again. It's going to be a second honeymoon for them. No, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. But I was couldn't have been more impressed with the way that they they all handled that challenge and and to see that the way that I was sad to see them go out yesterday I was I was probably my biggest heartbreak of of everything I've watched because I I I really thought I thought they were gonna pull that one off I did too yeah I did too I thought I don't know what the strategy was switching to the outside with you know instead of uh, Tole Atoll um Tola, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's, um, they had, they it was got a great they, team. Yeah. I mean, they were a great team. Well, I guess when they make adjustments, you got to make adjustments yeah. too. So, and I, I really thought maybe at one point they were just serving aggressively to certain spots and not a particular player. And if, if a player is going to hog the middle, you know, when it's the other guy's middle, maybe, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it again, champ stuff. At, yeah. the, at this level, it's the playoffs. Yeah. Surround a 16. If but not they the had such a Either different. You do, you do or you do not. Um, yeah. And they had couldn't. such a, but they had such a different road. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, for they, they, they showed up, they answered the call. Like yeah. if Tri did, Jake did, they were, to me, they were mental giants, obviously physical specimens, but like it was, it was a great run. I would have liked yeah. to seen it go further. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Look, and for, again, the whole thing, where there are certain professionals who are saying that it's really easy to criticize these people who have been playing all these years or whatever. And, you know, and they're right in the sense that that some of the worst criticism comes from these people who've never done anything competitive in their freaking lives. And, and on a heightened level, I co-sign and I do agree with them. But for those pros, mm-hmm. I think there is a certain level of criticism that's righteous. Like, I don't think you need to be an Olympic coach or player to, to, for indoor to say if you serve out 14 times, yeah. you're probably going to lose. Like the indoor men's team, yeah. um, there's a certain level that you can coach as a high school or player or college or whatever that you know teams. Certain teams are so good they can serve out 14 times and still win. Yeah. And there's, and there's a whatever. So you don't. Uh, uh, I think some of these guys who are like, you, you're not us, you're not in our position, try lace in my boots. Sometimes you got to call bullshit on that too. And, and, and God, this is one of them podcasts. So I, I gotta, I'm just throwing myself out there and this, I make it sound like it's comfortable because I have a good flow. I'm not comfortable talking about this because, yeah. because I did play at a very, very high level, you know? Um, and I did, you know, and I continue to coach people at those levels and I have a great association and conversation with people who, who have never played at that level. Yeah. So if there's anyone that has the right uh, to opine on this, it's you and me. Yeah. So, yeah, saying someone doesn't have any heart, saying they choke, saying they quit out there, that's more personal than professional. And, and I thought I skirted that a little bit with, with Sponsor and Clays, and I hate to bring that back, but I don't think I crossed that line. Um, no, there's but, no lack of heart. But, that, it's, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where some people are out of line. Yeah. You calling someone a quitter and you and, and and come on, what the fuck have you done your whole life? So so I get I get that with them, but on a certain level, when someone who doesn't play the game at their level is saying you got to serve in, true. That's not that's that we what we call that in New York is obvious as obvious. All right, maybe you should say hey thanks thank you Captain Obvious, but you shouldn't say that they shouldn't say that. That's no, because that nuts. will be the first comment from anybody who goes to watch any level of volleyball game. I mean, it, regardless of how much experience you have, 
the, the, the novice volleyball fan will walk in and go, why do they keep surfing out? Yeah. <laughs> and that's and until you have been there and you see the levels of the game and you know that fine line between, okay, if you're going to get an ace and then you're going to miss one, is it worth it? You know what I mean? Like the, the, the tougher serves are harder to keep in. They right? are. Well, that's but called pressure. It, that, exactly. But that's why they And t- you have to put that pressure on them. Which is why. At this level, you can't serve but a volleyball. But which is why they're so sensitive about it. Right. Someone is asking you to serve tough and not miss. Yeah. That's called Pressure. pressure. So the reason why I think some of these, these volleyball players and a second only basketball players as far as being sensitive cats is concerned, the reason why they take offense to that is they might be suggesting that that person suggesting you can't take the pressure. You know, because they're taking this simple thing and they're measuring on on their level. Right. They're trying to say, I'm choking under the pressure. And they're really not saying that. They're just yeah. probably saying if you miss 14 times. You're probably not going to win. N- not that team. Yeah. We're, we're, ladies right. and gentlemen, we just yeah. transferred from outdoor beach to indoor, the indoor men's yeah. team. Yeah. Um, they're good. Look, they're good. I'm still, still mad that they don't, they still, to this day, to this day, all these Olympics from what the seventies or whatever, they've yet to have an African American player on, on, on any of the 12 man rosters on, for really? the Olympics. The, They'll they'll carry a Dexter Rogers or a Patch. Patch has Patch has been as close to a black man as you're gonna see on that team, right? Um, which I don't know his ethnicity. I'm teasing, because <laughs> that, that's what mixed people like. Who I'm black and I'm right. white. That's what right. we do. We tease everybody because we we grew up being teased by everybody. So this is just what we do. Um, yeah, still don't have an African American on that team. But uh, but not but besides that, they're good. But if if they don't miss 14 times, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe maybe that game maybe that goes to five, you know, or maybe Argentina's more for real than people think. Yeah, they looked good. Yeah. I'm watching those serves, oh my god! They beat Italy in five. Yeah. They're now in the semifinals. That's incredible. For the first time since 1988, maybe. Yeah, the, maybe 88. Yeah, and see, yeah. I followed the beach game a lot closer, but when I watched mm. that game the other night, I was like, yeah, they're they're Argentina, they're they're legit. That was a great game, and we didn't yeah. make the adjustments that we needed to make to mm-hmm. to push it, you know, to five. But it is my opinion that they made a decision to spread their block out when mm-hmm. Argentina was in system. We have seen so many. If you look at some of the replays, we've seen so many replays where the middle was just out there by him. There wasn't any. There wasn't an outside blocker within ten feet of him, probably because Barral thought like our middles have some size. We did have some size right. over over Argentina. Argentina um, used timing and precision to mm-hmm. to um, compensate for their lack of height in the middle. And when you're in system, you got to give up something, right? And most teams, you know, in Germany, we call it loose goose. We go shoulder shoulder width. Like we just stick our arm out mm-hmm. like this. Right. Um, and if I could touch your shoulder, that's all the space I need to do one step in and like step in. Because some of these guys are running a slower one. Right. So you can easily do step in, block, step, step, block. And it also leaves the, the middle blocker to step out. Instead of stepping out. Uh, like that, you know how you you to close the hole. Right. You have to that first step on the three step. You have to step out behind the block yes. so you don't step on his shoe. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it, it allows them to close the block better and the outside to close the block better if if you go loose goose. Some some people go swing block. Yeah. BYU uh, right. uh probably innovated that in 1999, right? Yeah. But, you know um, but the go ball got rid of the swing block really quick. <laughs> yeah. So they had a decision. You give up line on both sides. 
you know, um, and maybe maybe one guy abandons his 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 split, yeah, and tries to reach in, or, and they made a decision to just step out, and everyone they that I'm like my God, the middle looked like he was on suicide watch. It was just yeah. it was um, I felt bad because I thought yeah, he, they made a decision, and right. based on that videotape, um, I don't I mean, the night before, I don't know if it's right or wrong, right? You know yeah. what I mean, so no, and I don't know enough about that level of the game to like to comment i was bummed to see the americans go out it's to see them heartbroken at that's the losing it at that point in the round of 16 you know it's it's a tough time to go out but they were they know. didn't they didn't even make it out of pool no oh yeah you're right there is no for, for men's indoor right. there's no there's only no, the there, round of right eight. right there's only yeah. the round of eight so that was the heartbreaker yeah. that knocked him out and yeah. yeah. For people listening at home, it's uh, two pools of six teams and the top four in each go yeah, to a final right. eight, four and, and final. So just uh, for the beach people who have been. Who've been. In, see, in great, I've watched like, way more like beach. Like you and me, we've been. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Anytime you see these Americans go out, we're we're sad. So April and Alex are our, our last our last um, hope. And then the indoor women, though. I haven't seen. I couldn't find that game the other night. So I haven't watched enough of the indoor women to. I know they're awesome, but I haven't seen enough because the Olympics at my house has not been covering them well enough. No, no. At least I'm, at the times I'm watching and I'm watching a lot. Yeah. Well, the the buzz is it's you're watching April and Alex on Channel 4 and then somewhere in the middle of the other match, you're watching someone throw a javelin. <laughs> yeah. Or rowing or weightlifting. Yeah. No shade. I know. I just want to watch... Mm. Well, how about we just back it up with facts, right? Statistically, Mm -hmm. volleyball is the most watched sport in the Olympics. Let people watch it. (laughs) You know, listen to your people. You know, stop dictating what they're what's good for them and what's not. Sometimes what's good for them is right. We don't we don't really get volleyball for four no, years right as much as we get in this volume right this volume right. um right what's espn showing right they're showing cornhole right <laughs> yeah i mean they're, they're, they're showing a horse yeah <laughs> horse no wendy no horse <laughs> stop you know poker which isn't even a sport world series of poker you can't yeah. show volleyball so now th- th- yeah. these four years they have this this opportunity to show volleyball in this magnitude and they don't they don't do it. That's yeah. crazy. So, so I'm very, very sad for the men's team. Micah Christensen. I actually sent yeah, this. That was I actually did this DM saying just pick your head up, and uh, we got, I got some feedback like, oh, you're trying to say it's not okay. It's okay for a man to cry because I said, I said, I said, pick your head up and stand tall like the man we know you are. Those are my words, you know. So people kind of made it like this, this sexist thing, like men can cry, and I'm like, no. If I was a woman, I tell them the woman up. You know, I'm not gonna tell a woman a man up. So, and that's not what I tell. I was saying there is grief, yeah. and then after grief, you stand tall. That's what I meant. It was, yeah. There was a chronological thing. Yeah. The reason why you say pick your head up is because your head is on the shoulder of the coach crying. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. And this and and th- but you had that moment, and after that, you, boy, I'm gonna say it again. You pick your freaking head up. Yeah. And you stand tall like a man. He. I, you haven't been following Well, it shows you care. Yes. Right? His heart was in that game. I mean, and it's taking me back to mm-hmm. all of those volleyball pictures from BYU when we thought the Stanford team was going away and all those guys ended and they were all crying. And yep. I thought that was, it was really profound to see, you know, that age of guy 
let that come out in public and let it be seen. And so I'm all for letting that heart come out and letting it, letting it be seen. But then, you know, the next question is, where do you go from there? Right? That and, was even worse because like Elisa Christensen, you know, he's going to be back next Olympics. He's oh, young. He's young he's, and amazing. He was, he's been voted by the consensus population, the best setter in the world. Yeah. He's by, uh, the best setter I've seen on the U.S. national team since Jeff Stork yeah. on the 88 team and yeah. 92 team. That's that's a long time ago mm-hmm. for you. all I mean, that was when New Jack City was in the movies. OK. <laughs> all right. All right. Think about that. Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Goodfellas. <laughs> all those movies no, were a long my, time ago, people. That was my first olympic team for yeah. sure that i was inspired inspired by yeah, yeah my, me too sure. 88 yeah yeah a new yorker a kid from brooklyn yeah you know doing iron work watching volleyball but i said pick your head up because he did as good as he was going to possibly do i don't love take this again fans take this how you want maybe this is the wrong podcast wrong episode for y'all i thought the passing when you have Micah that as a front row option can hit with both hands and we've seen him in international ball like draw the outside block set like instead of a push one set on the top of his head in the middle just jack nice at cross court uh, uh, for a setter that can be disruptive like that yeah. I don't think we saw enough options uh, um, there are people that hate the option they, you know they thought Kelly Clays is doing it too much I, I didn't I have no problem with Kelly Clays optioning yeah. uh, with balls that she sees with her own two eyes yeah. and if you look at the percentages kills the arrows or whatever her, her percentage in the option yeah. the, I mean people want to talk about facts this facts that the fact is she her, her hitting percentage in the option was better than, than yeah whatever. and but, I was curious about that and I don't know if this is something you said or I read at some somewhere else but like also just the the argument for energy expenditure mm-hmm. when you're clay's and sponsor and and kelly's got to put so much energy into that option and she's taking so many over on two because i think the option is completely legit and a, a great play um yeah. but an energy expenditure over a tournament like is there something that is both physically and mentally more fatiguing because you're constant there's so much pressure on that player constantly be looking for that that option to score right versus a team that has a more traditional you know three touches and lots of options with a good set so i, I thought that was an interesting i can't remember where i read that or who said it first but um that's the question it was right? an interesting question because it, there is a level of fatigue that's going to set in if your percentages on that option are, are as high as kelly and sarah's were so i think if you can see it with your own two eyes, do it. Take it. Because yeah. it's not. Because if you could see, Brandy had some beautiful ones yeah. this morning. Because if you could la- see that the, lefty, yeah. Oh, she's but like, if you can see it with both eyes, it's not energy consuming because you're in system. Yeah. You're not out there trying to force things that are like a little off. But I got to. Yeah. But since I'm doing it, I got to take this swing anyway. And the only exception is if you're hitting power. If you don't have like complete court vision, good things happen in beach when you hit the crap out of it. So yeah. I, would, I don't mind yeah. a power shot. Um, indoor Micah in system can see in his yeah. peripherals uh, the opposite leaving, mm-hmm. the opposite staying with him, the middle leaving. See, I mean, he's got great peripherals, his decision making. He's such a great setter, yeah. which is the other reason why I said keep your head up. They, he did not get the pass. Yeah. Uh, and setters never say this. So someone's got to, some, another setter who's not playing in the game has to say it for him because setters are not going to sell out. Their quarterbacks are not going to sell out their front five. Right, yeah. and setters yeah. are not going to sell out their sell passers. out their, their their passers. 
because it just they think about it too much and now you're now you're worse because you're thinking about so I receive instead of just flowing but me who watched entire matches I have to tell you that every time they were the, the ball was at the 10 foot line behind the 10 foot line or even just even in front of the 10 foot line it was a triple block yeah and when you see you guys you don't know what a triple block is until you've seen an international team do it. <laughs> you're fucked <laughs> And, you know, I didn't even mean to curse on this, but you're effed, okay? Yeah. There's no holes. There's no. Yeah. There's really no way out, you know? I'm, I'm, and I'm very, very highly critical of where they decided to do the service receiver on location, I think. Um, and, and you've seen it, because even in down ball and free balls, their location wasn't to a target where he can option. So that was not some... It wasn't like this default because the serves were really, really fast. Even yeah. I, I would have bought that argument. Yeah. But... What about the argument when you're getting a free ball? What about the argument when you're getting these down balls or whatever? Why are you not? You're not Giving trapping Micah Christensen. For three years, the guy has been... Yeah. I've been following them. The guy has... I don't know if it's a swing or just this ridiculous mishit from a power dink. The guy has power in both hands. He's such an intelligent player. Yeah. Um, so when I said pick your head up and stand tall like the man we know you are, you know, um, and, I, and on the, and that same post, I said you're the best setter. I've seen on the U.S. national team since Jeff Stork. Yeah. So they knew, no one knew I was, I wasn't saying like, I wasn't saying stop crying like a bit. No. You know? I hear you. So, I mean, that was, that, that was important. So, yeah. but man, still going on, huh? Yeah. Still going on. And, and I'm sad because I'm used to seeing the magic four men's indoor. It's USA, Italy, Russia, and Brazil. Yeah. So France is in. Yeah. Argentina's in. Brazil just beat Japan. Japan got in the playoffs. How's okay. that for a host? Killer lefty. We'll talk about him someday. Maybe when Mike Amaha, at some point, he's going to come back on a podcast. I think I want to talk more more indoor stuff with him. Yeah. Because um, it is my wheelhouse, but it's 10 times more his. I know he, him and the Worsley brothers followed that avenue. Oh, yeah. How about their reign of terror, huh? Oh, my gosh. Grass court. Out of system, yeah, right? Out of system's amazing. Luke has had a, Luke's had a fun time playing with those guys. Wait, we got to come on. We got to. It pops up on my YouTube feed all the time. I can't get it. I didn't even subscribe to them. And they, they <laughs> and, and uh, they, they pop up on my YouTube wall. So your thoughts on, you watched Micah play enough because he was, right? He set for UCLA um, yep. be, actually before your kid played for Stanford. I really enjoyed Yeah, he's it. just enough older than Luke that I haven't. Wa- I mean, I've watched some UCLA volleyball. And then this year watched... Um, a lot of UCLA, as much as we could watch. I watched, you know, we played UCLA, I think, twice. But, um, no, he's he's an amazing player. I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm just so looking. versatile. And, and watching them on the grass has just been tons of fun. And then... I'm just looking for, like, a highlight clip out of system. It's yeah, a perfect it name up. and perfect name for them. It's <laughs> I, and it's a perfect name because they, if you watch their matches, they have been murdering people with a jump serve. Yeah, getting teams out of system. Yeah, they have been quite the opposite. Pick they have been completely like escape in with the Taco Bell's so, flatbread tacos. All right, people, let's flatbread is topped with watch seas- this a little bit. With some highlights. Good. This is these are clips. So they have a lefty. The brothers are a lefty and a righty. Yeah. That guy at the net is Michael Maha. This is in Texas somewhere. Look at that ridiculous pass, yep. dude. So this 
is what happens when it's competitive. <laughs> when it's not crazy. Now watch. I want. I want to stay on long enough to watch one of the serves. Did you see the curve? The right yes. hand is curve at the end. Yep. That's some ridiculous shit right there, dude. <laughs> and I like the lefty because he doesn't need a lefty set. <laughs> you know. Watch this. Comes back. You know, Great makes camera. the adjustment. It's not yeah. like, oh, I can't hit that because I'm a lefty. Yeah. That's, That's a ridiculous yeah. serve, dude. Totally. And look at the fucking hands. Clean. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you got roofed? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I know. Oh, no, but it's so the, fun. No, but between him and the other two guys, they're serving. And uh, the other right hand just got that nasty right hand just cut, too. That, yeah. that kind of thing that curves in there. Uh, I think I think yeah, I think Luke has one too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just thought I'd share that with everybody. Look, Good since stuff. we're talking about volleyball, and yeah. since we had so much to catch up on, right? Yeah. Um, I guess let's talk about let's talk about uh, and cloth. Oh gosh, I mean, talk about getting an opportunity to see something on the way up, because you and I were in Louisiana and saw them. Coconut Beach. Coconut Beach when when that tournament unfortunately it was a you know um a, what what happened in the final. She had to they they didn't get to play the final because the Brazilian team was cramping and forfeit. And right? Forfeit. Thank you. Um but every game that they played that whole tournament was amazing and then going to watch them in Atlantic City again you know, they, they showed, you know, they lost. They had a rough road in that one. And mm -hmm. to climb all the way back to that final and then win it in three. And then that third game of that final. Are you kidding me? The Drakari's beast mode, mode that came out. Yes. I could not believe. And I told them both. I, you know, I was like, I got the opportunity to interview them in Coconut Beach. And they couldn't be nicer human beings. More humble, like humble, amazing kids that are like they are on their way up like it is unbelievable the amount of potential that is still left in them and Taryn are you kidding me she's been playing beach for what a year and a half and the thing she's doing already like oh gosh they are so fun to watch well for people listening Taryn Cloth um four-year player at Creighton she's yeah. six foot five she was an outside hitter and Creighton one of those years made it to the elite eight so um, Kristen Nuth, Nuss, Louisiana product, five foot six, one six five, one's five six. Yeah. So for those of you that only watch the tour stop, you um, have not been serving yourselves really well. This team yeah. has, all right, they won eight straight tournaments before their NCAA season. During their NCAA season, um, they were a perfect thirty-five and zero in the pairing, the pair system. So, yeah. my five teams against your five teams, when Wendy, um, whoever wins two out of three out of you know yep. three out of five right. wins the, win the duel. Right. This team was a perfect thirty-five and zero. Afterwards, they win Coconut Beach, they win Wapaka, they eventually avenge that loss because their last loss uh, before Atlantic City was um, the. Um, uh, um, Mastrini and Mastrini, Liliana, oh, yeah. Liliana okay. and Larissa, the uh -huh. Brazilians. Okay. Which again, uh, a uh, match they which were that leading. Been, and that a match they were leading twelve nine. And that would have been the final at Coconut Beach, right? Yes. Yeah. But that's not how they wanted their win. No. 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 Yeah, it's. Just, I mean, look, maybe I'll take that win by four. Man, I'm like, dude, I, I just played four straight matches, and they don't show that that doesn't cheapen my victory. That's how I feel. But for them, 
They wanted to win it. No, forfeit. <laughs> you know? You ever yeah. see Back to the Future, part three? The third part one? Part three has the... The western the runaway one. train, yeah. The, I'm the western picture, one. Yeah, oops, I can picture the runaway train, but I don't. So really he's supposed to go though. outside and have a gunfight with Buford, right? Okay. Buford yeah. Tanner or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Michael J. Fox says, "Look, I forfeit, okay." And then he goes, he turns around, he says to his guy, "What does forfeit mean?" And the, and the guy behind him says, "That means you win without a fight." He goes, "You can't do that." <laughs> So that's how yeah. they, that's probably how they felt. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and then Atlantic City, like you said, um yeah. contenders I mean, bracket climbed out, you know what I mean? With a, a bunch of tough matches in that contenders yeah. bracket. I mean Yeah. I mean the reason why they even wound up in that And like you said, for people that are just watching the tour stop, like that Atlantic City thing, that the talent was unreal. Yeah. Well when when the yeah. money comes, the yeah. the players come, right? Yeah. That was a hundred hundred K purse. Yeah. Right. Just think about it. Three years ago, like Austin was a 75K person. That was a tour stop. Yeah. Right? So so consider that. Right. And consider Betsy Flint and Emily Day came. They were the yeah. one seed considering the Brazilians were there. Chrissy Jones played uh, oh. Chrissy Schunderward. Sorry, that's yes. her new name. Uh-huh. Chrissy Schunderward played um, a really, really good volleyball. Who, my hat is off to them. They mm-hmm. were literally have been one of my favorite teams to watch. Yeah. And seeing how hard they work out here when you see them practicing and then to watch it convert and to see them beat Taryn and Kristen, and which I came up at the end of that match and yeah. I heard the score and I was like, wait, did, did that, what, did, what just, just happened? Happen. Yeah. You know, and, um, and they beat Flint and day and they, and that match I watched, I watched that one and my hat is off to them. They are playing such good volleyball. Well, I call that a revenge match. They, for anyone who doesn't know who Christy Jones, now Christy Schunderward was, her and Muno, Zana, Susanna Muno, but they call her Zana, right? Mm-hmm. You, she one's UCLA. Uh, Christy Jones is uh, played Cal for Poly. Todd, her yeah. grad year under Cal, un, un, yeah. under the professor, and Todd can't can't say enough about that woman's intelligence. That never mind athleticism, just a conversation. Very cool. And and for me personally, she's the last of the power women, the kind of women that walk into a room and like the men get up and she's like, no, no, you don't have to. So we were talking about yeah. that kind of woman that they right. don't birth anymore. So volleyball people. 47 seed, Hermosa Beach, 2019, qualifier. 47 seed, makes the draw, mm-hmm. and then makes it all the way to the semifinals. Subsequently losing to Betsy Flint and Emily Day. So that was yeah. a, a revenge match. So um, can't say enough about her. And, and yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on as far as putting this woman up and promoting her. And, and there's, there's... She's just... Well, she's another... Like you said, she's, she, she's going to let her play answer... Yeah, you know she doesn't say a lot, and she's. But we reward those people too, don't we? Understated though, but don't we reward those people too, right? Yes, absolutely. Is my favorite. Do you see Phil Dalhauser doing cartwheels and wearing a clown suit, (laughs) wearing a gold jacket? My favorite thing to watch. Yeah, because she just goes out there and does her thing, and she is a wall. She is she when when her blocking is on, like there is nothing. I I mean I I I love watching a good blocker so. She's a really good blocker. Yeah, Nuss and Cloth, man. Yeah. But uh, back to those two. Yeah, well, back to um, those two. They are yeah. on their way up. Like, that is getting, and not even close to done. That's going to go on for. So for the people who are watching the, th- the three tours, um, Manhattan Beach, they have a bid. So you'll get to see yeah. them in the main draw. Yeah. Um, of course, Evan Corey, um, the other yeah, Louisiana, the Louisiana product, uh, playing with Logan Weber. He won Wapaka. 
right. uh, which was an automatic bid. Yeah. Um, the um, I guess the runner-up gets one for Coconut Beach if if someone already has a bid. So uh, the Brazilians are going. They okay. have a bid. Okay. Um, Larissa. Yes. We finally get to see Larissa, on, you know, on the tour or whatever. Yes. But I don't know about Atlanta. I don't know uh, uh, how the um, the scoring works. I don't know how many of these yeah, guys are like sitting on their points for like a whole year and two years. Oh, I got this. And, yeah. and, and these guys who've been playing every weekend just trying to get it in. You totally. know what I mean? Um, the AVP does a really good watch. job protecting her top five. And I think rightfully so. But uh, yeah. I, I'd like to see some... Some kind of reward system where this guy for the does, guys who are grinding who've now. been winning yeah. every week, right, right, just right. to have just to have the right to go to the qualifier. No, yeah, gee, they got it. We got it. I think we got to do a little bit better than that, and they have been like Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. Like there are eight bids, right? There's 32 teams. Okay. So there's 16 for points. Yeah. There's eight for regional winners or like these, these certain tournaments. So it's uh-huh. automatic bids, and I, and I love that. Yes. And then the the last eight. Are the gladiator pits. Yeah. Which, by the way, this year is two days. Oh. Qualifiers, ladies and gentlemen, two days. It's going to really? be two days. It's going to be Wednesday and Thursday in Manhattan Beach. Good to know. Yeah. So just letting everybody know, come a day early. More volleyball to watch. Yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> look, there's some people that don't want to spend the hotel on an extra day. But if you're a professional, it's some, you have to invest or you get sponsors or whatever. And, you yeah. know, it, it can't stay the same. It can't stay no. the same. It has to change, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm just I'm excited. Manhattan's coming. That's gonna be a great weekend. Yeah. Oh, and Atlantic City was people listening. Mm-hmm. That was a double elimination qualifier. I oh, will say that, that again. Yeah. I will say that again. It was a double elimination qualifier. So that so all the winners bracket games were two out of three, and the losers bracket games were one game to twenty eight. And you had a ton of teams there and they did it. Yeah. They don't have night lights. And they finished the tournament in, in a timely manner. Yeah. The players ran a tight ship. They started the games on time, and I like it because now someone who wants to make this trip, it's worth like how many like right. how many teams have you seen like it. get a hiccup? You know, like a oh, good team. I, I lose, don't know how. I you know, mean, you can uh, um, travel and, yeah. across the country for one match. And like we've seen yeah. Eric Baranek lose a heartbreaker in the last round. We've mm-hmm. seen you know Budinger and Friend lose yeah. in, in 2019 as the one seed. So Rafa Rodriguez, yeah. uh, if you remember 2017 Rodriguez and um McCulloch had to play Reed Pretty and came shock. I mean, don't yeah. don't we want a double elimination? Don't we want yes. them to have a chance to yes. uh, to get their one off? So yes. I mean, it's a very cool system and they were able to do it in a day. So for the tour stops, if you're locking points Mm-hmm. for the qualifier it can be done yeah it can be done you know manhattan beach i guess everyone's going so that if i don't i don't think they're doing double elimination but i, I do know for a fact that it's going to be two days Good you know? know and i like that because i don't want these these high seeds to beat themselves up right exhausted as hell they just finished eight o'clock and then they have to wake up and play phil and nick at nine that's, that's what the winner gets so yeah. you know and and i don't like it because it's i feel like it's just protecting the people sure. with the points who just who who are more than happy to let these guys beat the hell out of each other, you know. And yeah. occasionally one team wins here and there. We're good. We can take it, you know. Yeah. Um. Really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. So, on another note, because I know we 
we we talk a lot of volleyball we, but we yeah. talk about a lot of other stuff too dude and you and i have traveled for two weeks this summer so we've talked about a lot yeah we talk good i just but i wanted to make sure we covered jake and taylor i wanted to make sure we covered clays and sponsor yeah. we didn't talk enough about alex and april but that story is still happening that story's still coming that story's yeah. still happening right? absolutely they're, and, they're, and they're they um and beat, they they beat the germans last yeah. night 21 19 21 19 yeah. against a very game mm-hmm uh, Ludwig and Kozu. Yes. Right? A very game Those opponent. Those one-overs, man. They were killing me. She was killing me with the one-overs. She was? Yeah. I mean... Well, I love it. I, I, I agree. Then April and Alex, they looked great. But that so, was, it, was, it was a great match. So where are we? I got you. I just want to make sure we covered everything. The, yeah. Keyboard Warriors. We, 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 we don't like them too much. <laughs> but, but then again, some of them have a point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think what I was trying to say on that was don't dismiss the message just because you don't like the messenger. I think that's what I should, I, I could have saved oh, this. Saved this a whole bunch of recording time yeah. and just said that. And, and the other thing that I it. think you're good at, you, you, you've made the point is that, and I like to say, you don't have to know everything to say something. And I think there's a lot of um, people out there that think like you need to be an expert to speak. And yeah. part of the thing I love about your podcast is that like it's really just an open forum to say what you think and for people to learn how to absorb information without getting offended. Yes. Let there be dialogue. You don't have to know everything to say something. Yes. For the people listening, I like steak. <laughs> I make steak. I eat steak. I make steak really well. Am I a chef? No. no. Right. But I can talk about steak yeah. on a level when you know, look, when you want to talk about how it's prepared and, and this eat, and that. And then can you eat vegan pasta with your friend Kenny? Oh. <laughs> That's what it's oh, all my, about. If there's anything I can't stand is a woman that airs my laundry, dude. You you told these people I, <laughs> I, I just, you told these people I eat vegan pasta. It just had my, some broccoli. I am in from it, Brooklyn. Now they will <laughs> never they will never forgive me for that. No, but listen. It was good. Oh my god, it was awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> no, nah, I won't say that. <laughs> anyway, you said steak, so I thought vegan pasta. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of like oh, that movie Undercover Brother when he like um, dated or uh, like hooked up with like a white woman and um, and like all of his brothers were like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Your black sisters ain't good enough for you. Then when the women left, it was like, how was it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how was it? So that was on Eddie Griffin. That's Undercover Brother. It Haven't seen it. Hilarious. I mean, it's not for everybody. That's why I was hesitant about saying it because yeah. I'm trying to be a little, trying to be a little bit correct, Wendy. That's alright. Um, so on another subject matter, and this is where the volleyball people are like, all right, we're done with this podcast. Yeah. Um, I have a friend, and I have a lot of friends that say. They don't see race, hmm. right? They see everybody the same way. And I think it's a very noble attribute um, if it comes from a place of self-honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people who are self-honest and they believe that and, and that's how they guide their life, that's awesome. And, and, and if people are born and bred that way and they're programmed that way, then there needs to be more of them. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, um, bear with me on this, Wendy. Yeah. Um, I grew up reading X-Men. All right. I have 11 years worth of X-Men comics in the house. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, from 1983 That's to 1994, cool. X-Men titles. Now, for people that don't read comics, X-Men basically are a group of people that are born a certain way. They're born with this gift of powers or curse, right? And through puberty, maybe they mutate. They Like Beast, mm-hmm. his, he went from a regular person to like a blue person, yeah. right? Mystique, for the people that watch the movies. Sometimes they look a little different. Right. right, and but yeah. uh, and sometimes they some people look the same. They look like everybody else, but they're ingratiated with these powers. Right, so they are sworn to protect the X Men. Are sworn to protect a a world who fears them, and despises them, and in some cases hates them because they're afraid of. You, sometimes you lash out because you're you don't understand what you're afraid of. Yeah, and you're taught to lash out. They're your enemy. Right. You're supposed to hate them. So, anyone, any kid who's ever grown up being different, yeah. looking different. You know, than everybody else and has been an outcast. That was our comic. That was our survival. All right. So the important thing, uh, the reason why I'm saying this is because Storm, one of the Mm X-Men, was asked by Rogue, don't you wish for one day? Just one day. You could just, you were were like everybody else and and you were just normal. And she said the truth. No. No. Yeah. I don't. I, I uh, like her ability is to manipulate the weather. But and if you manipulate the weather, you're in touch with nature on a certain level that the that your human counterparts are not or, right. or don't get to do. And she's to her, it's a privilege and an honor, and she embraces it. And she doesn't want it. She wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Right. And and it contradicts the whole yeah. notion of I don't see race or I don't mm-hmm. see this. It contradicts that notion because. She's taking something and saying, I'm not hiding it. Or I don't see myself as the same as everybody else. I have something that belongs to me. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of it. And I celebrate it. Well, and I think I think what you hit on there is the word is belonging. And if, if you, on both sides. One, I think if you know how to belong to yourself and you're comfortable in the world, then there's a lot of power that comes from that whether you know whatever makes you different becomes your superpower and not your you know the thing that makes you turn back and and pull away but i also have a lot of i guess the words empathy because i've thought about this a lot i as a white yes i'm a woman but i've grown up in a place where i have not i i i haven't felt that different on a societal level and i think for so many generations when you've told a certain segment of people, you know, a certain culture, a certain race, that they are different and they've been treated different. I don't know what it feels like to be that. So when I come from a place that say, I could be one of those people that say, I don't see race. And it's never been something for me that I have friends and relationships and people that I am with all different races. And that's something I would teach my kids that there is no difference but their experience is different and to come from a place to say I don't know that experience and that it's a time from my perspective that I need to sit back and listen rather than speak not speaking isn't isn't is a way of showing respect because a lot of times it's your turn to listen instead of stand up and be heard so from the from having the experience of like I, you know, I have a child on the autism spectrum. Would I change his experience because I want his day to be easier? As a mom, sometimes I wish I could, you know, because they're th- that struggle 
it's it's real and it's and it's painful to watch when you see someone get treated differently or you know it, it's so you don't you don't want to see the mama bear come out of me i will mad dog kids that now he's six foot four and he's gonna have no problem doing that himself but you also see the strength that comes when you have us people that are changed by having that in their midst so can you be changed by having you know different races different cultures all merging together is my family stronger because i have a child that teaches my other kids what it's like to struggle and come out of a struggle and become stronger that's where the lessons are learned whether you're talking race or disability or superpower because those things can be flipped right a disability can become a superpower it's all in how you see it and how you train it and how you teach other people and set the example of you know showing how you're going to handle that so it's super important to me on so many levels because being different really being different it should be celebrated yeah but everybody wants to feel like they belong yeah but i mean look as far as people that don't see race you there's a part of you that doesn't want to fix that's not broken right it's, i don't think it's a broken thing to not to not to see everybody the same way um except yeah. um you might be blind to the fact that certain people are treated a different way because they're different. And if you see everybody the same, you don't understand right. why someone's being treated someone different. You assume that they have it coming or they deserve it because everyone's the same. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a flaw in that too. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Talk to Chris Johnson yesterday, Chris Johnson, yeah. six foot 10 or whatever. I'm like, at no point do you wish you were white. You know what I'm saying? And, and at every point you're proud. You're, you are a black and proud. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm mixed. My mom's mixed. My dad's, my dad's uh, white. My father's, my mom's black. Um, there were times when I grew up where I was asked and I wish I was one or the other and, and, and at no time did I wish I was one or the other. And, and, and if people like, if you had to, if you got to choose one, which one would you choose? I'm like, I don't choose any. Like, like no, yeah. no, dude, like gun to your head. Which one would you choose? I'm like, shoot me. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, uh, which reason- is a powerful statement because yeah. th- through all the things you've been, been through, you mm-hmm. have grown to love yourself, which is mm-hmm. in the end the greatest thing you can ever give the world is to show up and be like, no, this is me. Deal with it. Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. that power that you feel when you are comfortable enough to be yourself, you can, people can, can do anything. Yeah. You know, I think because we are uniters and not dividers, we can say it like this for the people that don't say see race. I say to you, take a look. You'll like what you see. You'll like what you see yeah, when you take a think look. Think about the story. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about blackness. I'm talking about like if someone's white and they they don't wish they're anything else but white or whatever. I mean someone's born here. Look, if someone's born in, in her in Manhattan Beach and they get they get over where they want, it's obvious they wouldn't trade that for anything in the world either. And they shouldn't right. be they shouldn't be apologetic for what they have. I mean True. when someone says um when someone talks about white guilt, yeah, you're sorry that it happened to some to one of your brothers that looked differently and that suffered needlessly because of that you're sorry on that you're not apologizing um for yourself you're, you 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 apologize you you as someone you need to you you know you need to understand and you try to understand but you you really can't say there's a part and this is where i kind of like sound like i'm defending white people but you can't if my grandfather was a racist uh, um how am I, how am I, how is that my fault? You know, and that's, and that's where the term apology comes from. Right. Apology and sorry. I mean, the interpretation is very important that people have to decipher that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't say, I'm, I'm sorry that 
you know that uh, that make say sorry as if you did it you know you say you're sorry that it happened your grandfather right. was an asshole yeah <laughs> all right you know me and my mom we're not getting along or whatever we haven't we haven't gotten along in, in, in quite some time i don't want to be held accountable for what she does oh but mm. oh but you know you're no because that's what happens right like yeah um like whatever let's say Osama bin Laden, right? His niece is looking for an apartment in Manhattan. She's not going to get it because she's his niece. Right. But maybe... Guilt by association. But, but yeah, yeah, but maybe she, she's not into that gangster shit. Right. You know, but maybe, you know, and I sound like a sympathizer, but I'm not doing that. All I'm trying to say is that don't... Not acknowledging race in a positive way is, is very, very good, but every now and then take a look because you'll like what you see. And they'll like what they see. Absolutely. And the reason why I brought it up is because the, the undeniable fact that people have preferences. For sure. Right? I have black friends that like to date white women. That's that's what they like. And they should choose whatever they want. Right? Just well, like someone who's we're gay. So, we're all so much more than the sum of one part of ourselves. Like the color of our skin, the color of our hair, the our political beliefs. Like society is so split by identity these days and a human being is so much more than any one of those identities Mm -hmm. so step back and really just try to connect with the story and the perspective that somebody else is coming from rather than being threatened by it rather than needing yours to be right and know that yours is just based on your own experience politics is 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 a journey through somebody's story right instead of this like i need to be right you need to be right you know black people need to date black people or white women like to date black men. like whatever it is it's one tiny thing about somebody mm-hmm. what kind of music do you like yeah what kind of you know what do you eat for dinner are you a vegetarian are you not like all these things i mean there there's so much how, more to it but, but so how do we how do we get so you can honor somebody's experience in their story and listen to it but we're not we cannot be allow society to be segmented off by one identity yeah but do you see what i was saying when i sounded like i'm defending white people there's uh anyone that doesn't know the difference between an apology and saying i'm sorry yeah might think something different right that maybe there's some guy out there is like why 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 is it my fault that my grandfather's an asshole why should i why should i apologize no No. one's saying no one used the word apology yeah they just want you to say you know what that's effed up dude dude I'm sorry that happened. Acknowledge um, the experience. Yeah. yeah, no one's asking. Yeah. That's but that's. Can you see how wordplay comes in, into yeah, play okay. and and how um, people choose to interpret it, or how, like you said, there there's an agenda out there that sways the, the interpretation of a meaning uh, of, mm-hmm. of what an apology and what saying I'm sorry is. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, like I grew up in um, in Flatbush Avenue, saw a black neighborhood, and I'm like, you know, I've told them I, I never personally enslaved anyone. They're like, but your great 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 grandfather has, and I'm like, well, anytime you want to give him, you know, anytime you want to go back in time and and take that up with him. So so a lot of times I didn't see that because I, I frankly I got tired of getting it from both ends. So yeah. I, I should, for me, I should just pick another example. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, it's just crazy because I got it from both ends. I've been called wigger, I've been called white nigger. I've been called zebra. I've been called Oreo cookie. And these things are really, really fun to look at when you, they don't encounter someone that's mixed all the time. And it's like, well, what do we call them in the world of labels? Yeah. And they think it's funny, you know. But me growing up, that wasn't funny. I no. didn't find that funny. I found it, um, I found it hurtful where I had to rewire my brain where there, there was this level of acceptance of just having thick skin. 
Yeah. You know, but yeah. as far as me opining on race, I, uh, as an individual, uh, I'm not and not representing anyone else but myself. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna have an opinion. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Anyone has a problem, come see me. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's one cannot be betrayed if one doesn't have a people. So that's that's mm. that's how they've forced, not they, but they have um, swayed my level of thinking to go. Which, well, um, and I also, I, it yeah. makes me think about what is it that instills mean meanness in people? Because Fair I go, understand. okay, because but I go all the way back to my childhood and go, I, you know, I would almost criticize myself as, as saying like, I almost have a lack of killer instinct because I don't have any meanness in me. Right. Right. Like I literally I can't imagine words coming out of my mouth that would call somebody something like that. So mm-hmm. is that something that I pass on to my children? They've never heard me say something mean right. about something. I think about my own parents. My dad's never said something. I've never heard him say anything mean about somebody. Right. Where does that, in, you know, and then it, it is it's fear of, of what they don't understand. It's it's a, an insecurity. But even in my most insecure moment, I'm not going to say something mean. So what is that in society that creates that backlash in people? Well, if that's a question. Yeah, it is. I'll start with you. The reason why you are mean, and not, don't say mean things in your dad or whatever, it comes from a, str- a source of strength to, to tell everybody around you this how well, it's not going to change and there's no group or, or faction or... or, or um, what do you call that? This group mentality. Yeah, you don't this need group, that, this group that, to, being, to belong being, to that. Yeah, this group herd uh, mentality. Yeah, yeah. To, to that's going to change your level of thinking. Um, yeah. I'm going to sound like I'm criticizing people. It comes that comes from a place of um, some sometimes more often than not comes from a place of weakness. Yeah. You're too weak will to actually just take a look at things for what they are, and everybody else is doing it. Seems funny that I actually laugh too. You know, I mean, we, at the end of the day, sometimes we all laugh at jokes that are cruel. Yeah, but you see, know? in me, uh, I have um, always felt this. Like, yeah. if I hear that, it like, it, oh, it, yeah, it, it, it hurts you. me. Yeah, yeah, it gets my heart. Well, I mean, the reason why it doesn't get to me is because I'm mixed and because satire. If you recognize it as ridic- something that's so ridiculous that's, yeah. that it portrays, like Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Everyone hates Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, it's humor. Oh, he'll never go on Saturday Night Live. I remember they had him not host because of his jokes. And I'm like, if you guys think for one second that that guy is in character like that when he's home and, and this and that. No, he's portraying a guy that you that we know about. Mm-hmm. A, a particular kind of person, this cuisine from Brooklyn, you know, that wants girls, you know, to give them head in the bathroom or this, or I laid that chick, or that, you know, with the act, the thick accent, and the man's character is so ridiculous that you have to laugh. You have to laugh because a person you think a person can't be gal- that galactically stupid, but he is, and it's funny and and you're laughing now even even right even now just talking about it so there's a level i embrace that i find funny that a lot of people don't find funny um that's because i recognize satire mm-hmm. um, when you experience it but to know that you're inflicting pain on someone and to continue to do it sometimes is not you know this i think this is where this generation of kids got it right this generation, like your son right now, I got a, I got a daughter bringing up the rear or whatever, but your your kid's age, he's 18, 19, and the kid's from 18 to 26 right now, they got it right as far as this whole bullying thing is concerned. They got it right, because when we grew up, you just had to have thick skin, you know, and Brooklyn was even worse. Like, you had to literally fight, because they'd see you, and they think it's okay if you don't, 
you know mm-hmm. so you fight and you lose or whatever but you may come remember you where they they have to they have to choose an easier target so so um yeah that's that's this generation got it right as far as that's concerned you know interesting yeah, yeah. and i was going more to the you know the, the concept of like the online world and you do hear a lot about online bullying and and the concept of not being able to get away from it so I do think that as parents, there's something that you have to focus on, knowing that your kids, unless you um, have some way of shutting them down from devices, there is, it's a 24-7 world. So if you do have a problem with bullying, it's intense and it's a problem because right. there is no going home to escape from it. Because it's now. Because it's now. And, and then it's, it's coming in on your phone. And then it's on every it's social media network. And it's that, as a parent, that is very scary. Now, I haven't had a um, personal experience with that. It's just things I read about and think about seeing how much kids are connected through the online world. So that's the only thing I worry about bullying-wise. But like I say, you know, I've seen it. And I've also seen my own kids come to the defense of other people. And especially, you know their younger brother and watching what that does to strengthen your character. And it, it, you know, it's an amazing thing. I mean, the world is always going to be like that. Not everybody's nice. Yeah. I, um, we were also talking about people who are dividers too. Yeah. Right. Where, where are people? Sorry, let me fix my mic. I wanted to make sure you had some good sound too. Um, yeah. I think division there is a division for profit thing going on with mm-hmm. major networks. I think if if there's division, it's news. Um, have you noticed? You haven't noticed. Um, CN, CNN, their ratings are at one of the all-time lows uh, since mm-hmm. Trump is no longer in office. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it's... They... There's nothing to report there's anymore. Nothing, there's yeah. nothing to... Um, there's no fire. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's zero. So, and listen, this division started, and we had a conversation about this the other day. It started when there are two groups of people who are really not that big, mm-hmm. um, have pretended to be big because it, it was a fishing expedition to recruit more and more heads to um, be to build their to make their gangs bigger, right? And now, like you said, it's gotten to a point where. They have people out there doing free work yep. for what they get paid to do every day. Yep. Free, it, free it, work. It, well, and they're not, they're not big. They're just loud. And then the cameras are getting pointed at them mm-hmm. on, the, on, on both fringe ends of you know, the spectrum. Well, and, the, goal, the goal is yeah. to fake it till they make it. Yeah. Right? Pretend right. we're big and, and then we get enough people we actually... We become what we say, and we we say we were like this the whole time, and yeah. that's what's going on. But I personally consider it a good one of those good problems. You 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 got you got a politician that's not lighting up the press anymore to distract everybody what's what's what, from what's really going on. That's partially tr- uh, the media's fault. It's mostly Trump's fault as far as just keep just keep your mouth shut. You know, um, we got Biden. We we, we both. Um, agree might be hanging on by a dementia drumstick you know um and it's been pretty quiet press wise i mean very it's they're scaring the hell out of us with covid again with with the delta variant well i mean there's nothing else to talk about no there isn't yeah (laughs) i mean at least if you turn on the news which like i say i 
went from being a news junkie my entire life to, you know, five, six years ago, just being like, I've had enough. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of anything but, you know, a little column of the newspaper and, you know, maybe 10 minutes of news. And I don't really want to hear everybody go back and forth on opposite ends of the spectrum anymore. It's, it, it, it's, it's grating and exhausting. And I think that the most of us have a lot in common if we could just learn to sit down and listen to each other's experience. So, and they're not doing that on TV. So no. why listen to it? And we're not really doing this that as honest human beings on social media either. Like, I have a friend, James Barker. You couldn't yeah, find two people that disagree more. Like, look, to my conservative friends, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. Mm-hmm. To my liberal friends, I agree with them. Oh, Jason's crossing over to the dark side. I'm just, yeah. my, I mean, we both know that's, that's, it's neither. You know, I'm not, right. I'm just, I'm just trying well, to Well, what I like about you is you're an independent thinker. Yeah. You're not beholden to anybody's um, no. opinion or, and you listen too. You do, you, I feel like you listen open-mindedly. I mm-hmm. watch some of your, um, your newsfeed and the, the comments and the, and the discussion that you start. And I honestly think it's, it's very intelligent. Super necessary. Yeah, too. it is. I, well, that also comes from being mixed. I think being mixed has, has allowed me to be, being raised black and white has allowed me to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, on both ends of the spectrum if you're both you you, you you i mean you can choose to be ignorant about it but my choices i didn't really have a choice my choices are very limited i'm born i'm born this way but i think like same, like a mutant like right. the x-men you're born i'm born this way well and i think the same thing can be said of political um opinions too because mm-hmm. the news people want to put you in a certain category mm-hmm. and i wrote a, a blog piece a while back that was like why can't i be a believer in um, global warming and that they probably need to do controlled burning in California. Hundred percent. Right. Why? Why do I? Ha- why does it have to be one or the other? Why can you know? There's so many issues that they try to say you're this or you're that, and you're not. I people think- are so like, again. People are so much more than one issue. Or, and and we've really gotten into a place where you know you see it. People say, oh well, I can't be friends with. You, if you voted for yes, Trump seems to be the instigator of that. But oh, I won't be friends with the Republican. I won't be friends with the Democrat. I'm not going to be friends because you voted for that. When did that? I mean, that isn't how I grew up. Well, two things. We, you stumbled on this something very, very important, um, and I, I think I want to I address yours first. Um, very much like money. Yeah. Like if you come into money, yeah. People says money. People say money changes you. Money doesn't change you. Money, money def- uh, shows who you really are. I say amen. So Trump didn't change anybody. Uh, so people, it, it was there was a swelling of of internal uh, opinions and assert- mm-hmm. and assertions that people want to do it. He just made it easier for people to 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 become enemies and 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 in this level of free thinking, there's been an oversaturation where there's no level of respect. Absolutely, a uh, level of respect that if you're si- if we're sitting in the same room. We're not having this conversation. Like me and James, I just said, me and James disagree on a lot of things, but when we see each other, all I want to do is give the guy a hug. And, you know, this man is a, uh, like the Hank Williams song goes, and I sang it for him too. He's a a country plow boy, not an urban cowboy. Doesn't ride bulls, but has fought some men. Drives a pickup truck, trusts in God and luck, and lives to love Texas women. What the hell is wrong with that? absolutely nothing they yeah. say grace they say ma'am they hold the mm-hmm. door they hold the chair that is a place where as a california where we're paying all this freaking tax i'm like yep. i'm moving to texas 
you yeah. know and then you hear a song like all my exes can live in texas you're like all right i changed my damn mind <laughs> but but look james sees someone like me the way i grew up ex military like him well not like him he's a black hawk operator that dude's a real savage all right and, and, like I'm, and james i'm so glad you're listening to this because i know you are i'm plugging you you know me i was just a generator mechanic supporting mi and then eventually played volleyball but um he sees me and the way i grew up kid from flatbush did prison ministries when I was 16 years old. You know, I, I visited Rikers Island and talked to people about God or and basketball. You know, so, um, of course, military service. Of course, been broke, lived te- check to check, been homeless, um, and all. And like Republicans have this virtue about like you get rewarded for hard work. So there's a path that I took that wasn't given to me. Um, right. Some was given. A lot of it was given to me, but some I took. Right uh, and and made and made something, and even a Republican can look at a left leaning centrist like mm-hmm. me and say, sit in the same room and like I like that guy, you yeah. know, like J- Jason Olive and James. You can't find two polar opposite people on, on opinions, but if the, I guarantee you, if they're in the same room, they'll they'll drink beer and they'll talk volleyball yeah. and, and and sometimes. Well, and so much of it has to do with creating opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean we're not this country is never going to be born we're, we're, we're not there's not equity in this where we're born and the experience that we're born into right but what you did in those moments when you were down like there was something in you and that's what i'm i'm always so fascinated by why i follow these stories and why i try to figure out like what creates post-traumatic stress and what creates post-traumatic growth right because a lot of times it's the same experience and then how did we react to it? And then what does, you know, how does that become part of your story? And that's not getting told. Those stories don't get told in the news. So to take it back to politics, like when you get down on this, like, you know, Republicans think it's all about hard work and Democrats think it's all about, you know. The stereotype. It's about handouts. The handout. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not. It's never. Nothing is ever that simple. No. Human being, human nature is not that simple. No. You, so it's about knowing the story. Now, I know your story. I I try to connect one by one by one with people's stories because it makes you understand why the world work, works the way it does. It gives you compassion. It gives you an idea of how you can connect with other, other people right. and not just think that you're right. And take away that elitist attitude of like, oh, well, I know because I've been here or I've been elected to some certain office. Like, it's all a bunch of elitist nonsense on either side at this point. Yeah. People are protecting their power. I'm so tired of watching people want to, they, they, they're protecting their power. They're, what's going on in Washington doesn't feel like what's going on in my world. No. You know? So yeah, I get, you disconnect from it. I agree. Like, look, I lean, I'll give you an example where I lean more right than left. Um Gun control, okay, I don't want an AK, I don't want a hand cannon, I don't want an AT4, I'm not trying to take out a, t- a tank, yeah. I'm, j- I'm just trying to protect myself. So I'm very much into, into to, to gun laws uh, that are consistent with self-protection. Yeah. Until they, they invent a movie called the Minority, Minority Report where they can, the police can prevent crimes that, the future crimes that they see you're going to commit instead of saying we can't do anything until a crime's committed. Uh, um, I believe in so, uh, so, some, some form sure. of crime prevention and if that's self-protection uh, that um, i'm all for that so and where i lean left and this is where i think where the right fails miserably um 
they're big on this whole ent- not having entitlement spending. The, two, the new mm-hmm. term entitlement spending, um, um, well, not, new, not so new term, um, where the, the welfare queen, like this urban myth of this person getting money and being going to the shopping center with fur coats and using food stamps to pay for their food. It's like, oh my God, it's all, all the, the liberals this, the liberal that. And, and it's always a black woman too, or a black man, you know, which is like ridiculous. So, but the problem with these assertions, with gun control and with the Democrats or whatever, they're, 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 they're playing, they're hiding stats that are inconsistent with their assertions, right? Like, if you look at the top 10 states mm-hmm. that, are, uh, that, ha- that are the biggest recipients of welfare, um, eight of those 10 states vote Republican. Mm. Mississippi, Louisiana, right? Uh, um, uh, Arkansas. The, these states are red states. So, yeah. so this whole thing of they don't want entitlement spending, but, they're, but the entitlement spending is super necessary for people that desperately need it. That, that, and particularly in these states that vote Republican is seems to be an over, a contradiction in terms, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the the, the stats for uh, gun control, like gun deaths and this and that or whatever, um, you have these school shootings or whatever. These kids are the, uh, that no one wants to talk about mental health. They want to just talk about taking people's guns away instead of whatever. Like they never talk about the stats on the people who do get guns illegally. Um, yeah. So, like, if you restrict someone from having a gun, like, does that stop the person from who 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 commits crimes on a regular? Does that stop them from getting a gun? A gun? No, they're gonna have a gun. I'm not talking right. about these these situations where some someone you know you get on an elevator and you just jump off because something's wrong with his eyes. You know, yeah. I'm scared of crazy white people, right? So so. I think these assertions, these political assertions, don't match the actual, um, I won't say data, but yeah. like where the statistics are swaying. But, you know, there's one that, that pops into my head because you're, you're talking politics that has been popping up in regular life lately, like mm. as far as handouts go. Like we've been through this whole COVID thing and where unemployment was super necessary. People are losing their jobs left and right. But... I've been in restaurants and grocery stores and heard business owners say that, you know, they're having a really hard time hiring people to keep their businesses running. I was at the, I was bagging my groceries. I offered yesterday because I went through and got this giant run and there's nobody to bag the groceries. I'm like, Hey, I can help you. Let me, let's do this. Cause the line's backing up. And I said, are you guys understaffed? Yeah. We've got one person on break. I've been do, I can do, I, I do every job in the store. And the, the the checker says to me, "We can't we can't find people because they're making more on unemployment." Right. There are problems out there, mm-hmm. and you can never, you know. I, but don't you think the real problem is if they're making more on unemployment? Isn't that indicative of how the job is treating them, as opposed well, to people getting opportunities? I mean, we make the these salary skewings and we decide that this person just because it doesn't require a degree he doesn't deserve this much money oh, that, oh, right. oh this job is for kids and i'm like you know kids go to school right and say, yeah. and when they're in school someone else has to do the job so, right. so and they're having to live i mean and and here in california right. where we're living like mm-hmm. you're not you're not making a living to be able to live where we're like you yeah. know, bagging groceries is and i gonna... think that depends on the level like there are certain people that are losing money. Their their unemployment. They're losing money. 
uh, uh, they're, uh, they're being on unemployment. They, they get paid more than what unemployment pays. And there's some people that were unemployment ha- has been paying than what they actually make. And look, sooner or later, that that's going to run out because that's, un- right. that's unemployment insurance. Just right. reminding everybody at home, this is not welfare. This, right. is, this is a system that we paid into. That's why right. it's called insurance, meaning in case shit. Okay, yeah. like 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 COVID, there's been a lot perhaps. of in case lately. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there has been. There's, yeah. there, there's been an extension of that because they're telling people they're still telling people it's not safe to go outside. Right. You know, I mean, it's crazy because if you have a job where you don't where you get to work from from home and you and you make millions of dollars working mm-hmm. from home, good, wow, good for you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, the, 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 I, it's. It's it's a, it's a weird situation because you're right that it, it is statistically true that there are some people making more unemployment than than what they make from their job. But I would suggest to that to that person, why don't you take care of your people? Why don't you take care of your people? Right, Amazon. Amazon well, agree, Amazon's especially making, when we're getting into these big money. corporations. Because here's the yeah. thing. I, especially going through what we've gone through with COVID, mm-hmm. I, I draw a huge distinction between the Targets, Walmarts, Costco's right. of the world, and um, the small business. The mom and pop agents yeah, that are just who, looking for someone. Yeah. I mean, their whole livelihood's wrapped up in that. And guess what? They didn't have a big attorney to go out right. and get that loan that Walmart got in a hot second. Right. That, so it's the small businessman. And again, going back to the elitist culture, like it's those guys in the middle. And it's the same way with 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 the working class. It's mm-hmm. the, the guys in the middle are getting squeezed. You know, the Walmart. I mean, for me, the small business. The question is, the, what what'd yeah. you do with the money that that the government gave you to stay afloat? Did you keep that? You yeah. know, did you did you use that to pay well, your the, rent? Right. Did you use that to pay your employees? No, um, I don't it's know. It's tough out there. Right? So, there's not there's not one answer, and there's a ton of really difficult problems. Mm-hmm. But but they need to have people in a, what we're doing right now. Yeah, I think. There need to be more people in a room talking about that. Like, and look, it has to be. More. We will have an, in order for an expert to come up with the answer. Um, we need people like us to ask the question because the expert's not going to ask themselves. And the, the answer question. is always, always lies in more than protecting just your own self-interest. Yeah, you have to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, or and, just enlist. I mean, yeah, maybe enlist people that into a into a position of power that can make that happen. Yeah, you know, and that sucks, but. You're right. I just, it's 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 crazy times, right? I, I mean, I couldn't even sing karaoke for a year, right? No. <laughs> right. That that host, it wasn't making money. <laughs> nope. Right? That that was that's a good decent living for some people that do that four nights a week. That's their living. That's how they pay their rent. Yeah. So, I mean, ever no ever. There's nobody that hasn't been. Yeah. Well, here's the problem where we need to fix. This is where I think, and and I guess we'll yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we we could wrap it up, and yeah. and you can finish. Um. We need to be very careful with um, moral aptitude and, and what hardworking is. All right. There is a, a political party, and I'll say the political party, the Republicans, right? The value of hard work builds character, yeah. you know, and, and this and that. So people feel like there's this lie that people are rich because they deserved it and they worked hard for it, which is just as much true as it isn't um sometimes you get a break sometimes you're born into it and sometimes you built something from scratch and you become what 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 we become today so what happens in the level of thinking if you're rich you deserve it you deserve it because you worked hard and you and if you work hard you're you're more moral you have you have higher morals than the next person so if you see someone that's poor right 
It's because they didn't work hard enough. And if they didn't work hard enough, they're less moral. They're less of a human being. And, and for those people who are out there making just enough money to be broke, Wendy, they're tired of the bullshit. Yeah, this, this, there's a guy doing a double shift on security. He's doing bouncing. He's bouncing at night. He's doing security during the day. He makes just enough to be broke. And do you think that man wants to, to listen to a TV station and say, "Well, you're, you're, that guy's not as rich as me because he doesn't work hard enough"? I know. I understand the concept of working hard, and I understand the concept of working smart. All right. And you know, I'm not a bleeding heart socialist. Okay. Right. I believe in social democracy. I believe in giving everyone a fair chance to get to that but we you can't call things capitalism when every everything uh, uh is not set across the board right it's uh, um this person's already uh his starting block for the 100 meter dash is 50 meters right this right. one is 125 and I'm, and I'm thinking of specific people in my head when i say security job or when i say uh this job there's a group of people that have decided that that person doesn't deserve to make more money. That person is not that I'm talking about is not asking to be a millionaire. They're not asking. Sorry. I'm, oh, my God. I'm sorry. They're not asking. They're not asking to live in a mansion. They're just asking to not make enough money, just uh, just enough money to be broke. And I think when everyone says it makes this assertion, the answer is in the middle. Some people call that lazy, but I think it gets a bad rap. That person agree. doing double shifts just wants to make enough to support himself and if he has a family or whatever, okay? Okay, there's a bunch of people that decided that talking about money, they deserve to make millions and millions of dollars. There's, there's, where, well, there's, society rewards certain there's things. No moral, there's no, there's yeah. no moral aptitude. But I'm, I'm not talking about reward. I'm talking about the skewing of said reward. What the hell makes someone make 10 million instead of 5 million because because they get to talk about this they do that there's enough that elite class that makes up those rules you know and for that other person it's like you want more money you're you know you're replaceable right and they put themselves in a position where like only we can do this we're not replaceable you know and if they only knew like and if these people only knew how easily replaceable those people were that's that's where the news comes in. They're they're trying to avoid a political revolution. They're trying to avoid a social revolution. Because sooner or later, those people that are busting their ass, fighting over the one cookie, are going to realize someone has nineteen, yeah. and they know they and making them fight over the one cookie. Yeah. Well, and I'm always so much more interested in psychology than politics, to be honest with you, when it comes down to it. And what yeah. you're talking about is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy. Like people need to when their basic needs are met, then that's when we start to get to the next levels in life and we get to really experience what it's like to grow and change and have a growth process. If you're stuck and you, you're you not safe and secure and you can't put a roof over your head and food mm-hmm. on your table, forget about self-actualization and growth. Like learning the value of hard work. Like you have to, there is a level that you, if you don't have that, you cannot grow past and, right. I'm, and I'm not so, even talking about difficulty of position, Wendy. Yeah. I'm talking about we are, are, are like, okay, I got some money put away for a rainy day. There are some things I'm going to pay someone to do because I don't want to do it. All right? So my question... Ba- bagging groceries or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. the easiest thing in the world. How hard could it be? Let yeah. that person who makes all that money do that shit for 10 hours. 
Yeah. All right. All right. And he's like, I'm not going to make him rich, a millionaire, but he deserves a little bit, a little bit more than that. So what taught you or what, what motivated you to put that money away? Or did someone do it for you? What motivated me was, um, the, well, 2008 happened. Mm -hmm. I graduated college. I was doing theater. I, I, I mean, I, my mind never felt, I was still a check to check guy, but there was a, this, this concession that, all right, this is how it's going to be for a little while. I'll, ex I'll exist through it. But mm -hmm. when 2008 hit, I took a head coaching job at City College to go with my day job. So I started working two jobs. And every single penny that I got from coaching college, you know, and I coached college for 12 years. And like, no, I, well, 12 as a head coach. Okay. And I, I, I put every single penny of that away because it was money. I never had extra money before. <laughs> It was just, you know, it was always the extra job, you know, and, and the, this, it's just the one job alone was exhausting enough. I never really wanted a second job. Mm. The second job I had was refereeing. I would referee two nights a week, mm -hmm. New York Urban. Um, and and that made enough if I wanted something extra, you know, yeah. that paid for my extras. None of it had to do with saving. Well, one, the, one, other... one paid for my rent, one paid for my extras. But the second, when I started getting a second job where I'm like... Well, and I could cool put that thing, in the bank. <laughs> the, the cool thing that I hear about, and, and this is a testament to your intelligence or drive, but you also found the jobs in the area where your passion lied. Right. Right. Psh, shit, I was lucky. So part Dude. of it's luck. Yeah. And part of it is mm -hmm. you're a pretty tenacious guy. You went out and found that. Yeah. So finding that line of, of you know where it all can come together for a person... All I look at from my point of view is how can I be that person that m could be any part of somebody else's story that's right. giving them a leg up because everything else feels so big and like almost impossible to yeah. solve that all I'm looking for every day is, is how to connect with another person and can I be part of the, the, the better part of your story Yeah. then. But do you know that there are people out there like, it seems normal that they're, they're living check to check. And when I say check to check, they're making just enough money to be broke. Okay. Mm -hmm. They get their money, let's say whatever monthly earnings. That's my rent. That's my electric bill. That's my gas. Okay. I have about $60 a week to spend, mm -hmm. you know, uh, without transportation and this and that. They have a medical emergency. They're effed. Yeah. They have a car act. Uh, like they, they have car, car trouble. Right. It alters their life. Yeah. You know, and now they'll be, in, you know, if they use a credit card, they do that, they're in debt. And now they'll be paying a certain APR. They'll be, they'll be paying yeah, 21%. people. They'll be paying the elite class more yeah. money to, to, right. to have the right to be broke. Yeah. And, I'm and to telling live with you, a significant amount of stress. And, and I'm telling you, those arrogant pricks out there that say that they have that coming, that they should have a better job. No. I said this whole, y'all kiss my ass. You know, well, I mean, and you're just you know, speaking um, to that elitist culture that I'm talking about. Like I said, I don't care what your political yeah. party is. If you're elitist, I'm uh, I'm over it. I'm uh, I'm over the behavior. Yes. All right. There are people out there that that are, are wealthy that are like, I want to do something good. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, look, this country is designed for you to write off stuff to do the right thing. <laughs> this is why in, in the 60s and 50s, there was an 80% tax. So it, was, it, got, it got as high as 90. Mm. If you made over a certain amount, they would tax 80%. For example, I don't know the number, but mm. I'll give you an example. If you made a million, and anything, if you made a million dollars, anything you make over a million. So let's say you make an extra $100,000, they tax 80% of the $100,000. 
And this country did fine. Do you know why? Because the write-off system, it, you, there were loopholes around it that, mm. that if you invested in American, uh, American products, you were able to keep that money uh, on, uh, on, tax, uh, on, on, on your return. Also, you invested in the economy and now the economy becomes richer and it becomes more stimulated. And now this guy who's like a mechanic not only his wife doesn't have to work, but you know, I mean, there, there, there was, there's a reason why the system of the working Joe back then was able to support, yeah, a wife, a child, right. and have a house and a car. Yeah, all right. Uh, there was a time where you can wait tables and put yourself through college, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think we have people in office. Who they're just doing a money grab. Look, look they 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 spent more money to, to, for a position than what the position pays. So that already right. makes me skeptical. All right, there's only a handful of guys that make more money making right. the job than what the job pays. Yeah. But then there's some people that think they're doing the right thing because they only remember their their story, yeah. like Mitch McConnell, right? Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, you could wait tables back in the day uh, and put yourself through college. Do you know how much college costs right now? You do you know how much healthcare costs? No, their healthcare. I mean, everything. Uh, no, look, government the, insurance is the best healthcare you could ever do. What they are living in is nothing. Is not anything yeah. like it. It, it my was either, world it was either never is, was, but it was, or, or it was so obsolete. Yeah, you know, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, you got to put, you got to wait yourself, to wait, wait through tables, and yeah. uh, I think she went, ended up going to Washington University, which to me, like this whole thing about lying to try to get into Harvard, I'm like, it made me laugh because. She didn't get in anywhere. I'm just like, what do you? If she did that and she got into Harvard, it'd be different. She ended up going to like Washington, uh, some some university there, and I'm just like bugging out. But but there needs to be enough bodies. One that are not um, taking the money and running. Yeah. And two, their inher- uh, uh, their inherent beliefs aren't aren't too extreme. There that they're out of contact. Yeah. With uh, um, with we as a, with us as a population. I thought about running for something. You yeah, know? every time I write someone, some, yeah. someone says, "All right, like if I write something political, yeah. are you gonna? You should run for office." Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> no. Your dad did. Your dad. Yeah, my, your da- I, I grew up in politics. That's yeah. why I have such. I I have a lot of beliefs. My my head turns on this stuff a lot. But mm-hmm. like I said, I've gone more to the human side of the story because I do feel mm-hmm. like the power structure is so broken that I don't know how to. I don't know how to get through to it. Yeah. So you can always get through to a person. You can someone, cut through with the story. So someone asked me who I look up to, right? And I said, I told them Jesse Ventura, and they're like, okay, that's weird. Out of all of these great minds, Abraham Lincoln and this and that, you, yeah. chose, you choose this guy. But this is a guy with only a year of college, right? Uh, a frogman, which is now Navy SEALs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is a bodyguard for the, the, the rock band Anthrax. Became like a wrestler heel, like a bad guy. And decided to use his platform to do something that he felt was the right thing. Like he didn't like what was going on in Brooklyn, Minnesota, and he ran for mayor and he won. He didn't like what was going on in in, you know, I guess it, uh he continued to he ran for governor. He polled at like 9% which got him in the debates. Yeah. Ran his campaign on $300,000, $325,000. $20 handouts. So no su- no yeah. no super packs right. no leadership packs which we're gonna we can't we we have a few uh, minutes left but we have to talk about lead- we have to educate people on leadership packs what we what we talked about before in the car, um, of course I look up to this guy this guy, not it wasn't handed to him he wasn't rich 
You know what I'm saying? His father served. He served. He made something of himself, and he decided to, to find the best way he knew how to give back. Ran for office. Built a rail, a rail line. Um, had a surplus, a budget surplus, his first three years as governor. His last year, he didn't because he got, he got two-thirds. He vetoed a, a proposal, and then the Democrats and Republicans um, two-thirds them, and, they, and that's when they wound up with a deficit. And then he was like, all right, I'm out. You know, I yeah. did. I did my part. You know, yeah. my, I'm, I'm old. I want to spend some time with my wife. I spent half the, half the year in Mexico. Yeah, I look up to that guy. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying he's like. There's no one else. I'm just saying at that time, that was the first guy that popped up in my head. Yeah. You know, and now and teaches um, political science at Harvard, by the way. So oh, does he so, really? Or yeah, or, or at least for two years he has. Okay. I, don't, I don't think he still does that. Fascinating. But, but um. But that's a guy that cancel quick. You don't yeah. you don't need a guy. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, because he's gonna say what he's gonna mm-hmm. say, and and a lot of people aren't gonna like it. Yes. And so the powers that be do cancel you. Yeah, of course, right? yeah. I mean, well, he's become old and senile too, but I still uh, trust that because I trust an old and senile person that tells the truth. Remember like the old the, saying that the truth always comes out. Like, no, you just don't have to have a good memory. That was his, his, his saying. Yeah. If you have, if you tell the truth, you don't, you don't have, have to, to have a good that memory. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> that is absolutely the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, you don't have to remember what you had to say. No, but uh, yeah. he's he's one of the guys I looked up to. But educated. Before we go, we want to talk about something else. We there was this this thing where we were discussing in the car mm-hmm. when someone runs for political office when the election's over. Where does that money go? Yeah, you educated me on this. Yeah. yeah. So for the people listening at home, there's. Under the the regular law right now, there's three way three things that happen to your money. One, it's put in escrow or not in escrow, but put away in some account for a future run. Right. That's one way. Yes, I did know that. Two, it it can get filtered to support someone in a in a political party. Mm-hmm. And three, it can be refunded to yes. to uh, whatever's left over can be refunded to the people who contributed. So those are the three major ways. There are other ways, but there was something passed by Congress called the Leadership Pack. And the Leadership Pack doesn't fall into the bounds of uh, uh, regular contri- uh, campaign contributions that allow the person running for office to pocket the money. Mm-hmm. Let that swirl in your heads. I don't need to repeat that. Everybody heard what I said. Yeah. There, There is a loophole that was passed by Congress that allows politicians to pocket your money. It's called a leadership pack, and I'm not sure about the the, the um, how it came into play, who voted it, what year. I mean, y'all, you, maybe y'all do some research yeah. on that. But if and I mean, and, there and, doesn't seem there's nothing right about no. that. No, but and I, and this is why he gets canceled. He actually did that, and and on he had a YouTube video. On YouTube, look up where does Jesse Ventura? Where does our campaign money go? Just look that up. And not only does did they did a does he has a host a co-host that walks you through it. They show pictures and they show sites, uh, mm-hmm. um, like government sites where where the you know what the year the the legislation was passed and this and that and but it is disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting that you spend all this money getting a job that doesn't even make where well, you don't even make an iota of that. Yeah, you pay. You it's a war is a racket. Right, you know, uh-uh. but it also politics and, and is a politics is a racket, and there's a lifestyle that goes with it that is paid for by the taxpayers. That it also, so whatever you're is getting deposited into your bank account, there's an entire lifestyle that goes with it that's that that is taxpayer funded mm-hmm. that is on top of that, and yeah. that to me. Like, I'd rather just have it be the average Joe. We have turned it into this, like, they're royalty, and yeah. they have all of this extra. Well, 
you know, they're also allowed. They also passed wasteful. a law where they're allowed to collect a pension after they retire and still do political work. So you know, not take political office, but they're still allowed to have a job. Yeah. Uh, um, and this just, yeah, it's a sad yeah. World. No, I mean, again, it goes back to the elitist mm-hmm. attitude that we are somehow different than the people that are representing mm-hmm. us, and we elect them, mm-hmm. right? So that idea that I want the people who are representing me to be more like me and I've never missed an election. You're right. I've never not voted. Yeah. But there is a feeling in me that is like, does it really matter? There was one election I didn't vote for president. Okay. I've always made it made in my mind to vote because I believe that collective change um starts yeah. at, at the local level. Yeah. It starts and I don't and me at Agreed. our local level, I mean Napolitano, uh, I voted for him. He's yeah. a Republican. Um um Kamala Harris I I, I did not vote for um, but but I decided to my vote counts is going to count here and there and there. But what I, but but Hillary and, and um, Trump I I couldn't I couldn't do we, it. I mean honestly I, I couldn't do I, it. I will go back to yeah. every time I see yeah. the seventeen people on the stage when the first Republican debate that Trump made and yeah. we had seventeen that people bargain on that basement, stage yeah. and you were like how did we end up here yeah. And that's my honest thinking, because if the guy would have had an ounce of empathy for anybody, but like, I, I like he would have won. Just, by exactly. If he could have shown one person that he actually cared about their existence, he would have he would have won. And I'm between not saying, that and COVID. It wouldn't have yeah, even been close. No. In fact, I believe the Democrats propped up Biden to lose, to use him as an excuse. Because they, they had more brilliant minds than him. In fact, a year for, sure. for my Democratic Party friends, listen, listen, before we wrap this up, a year ago, you guys, uh, um, a year ago before he became president, that November, a year ago, you guys were saying he should pull out. He is mentally gone. He should withdraw from the race. He's bad for it's bad for politics to have him there. He can't even remember, remember this. Remember that. All of my friends on the left were saying that. Uh, 12 months before this man, that, that before they elected this man president. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that they were playing the win. They, they were only playing the win because they knew that he had thicker skin in debates. And he knew he wouldn't get, um, you're looking for someone that Trump can't bully. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. there's only a handful of people Trump couldn't bully. You know, uh, um, Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. But nobody's, I mean, even the Democrats aren't ready for a gay president. I mean, they're, they're sorry, they're just mm-hmm. morons, all right? And so are the Republicans. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, absolutely uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. No way. Uh, and, right, and, no, you know, because they're, they're, this they're, one voted present? No, you know? Yeah, no. But that's someone that Trump can't bully because you can't, you can't. If you mess with this but is a girl internal, that's training with Navy SEALs, you party, cannot you cannot physically or mentally right. bully her. No, and but the internal party structure, right? The DNC, the the internal party structure, the RNC, they're, they're not going to go for those rogue candidates. No, those type of people that will speak their mind mm-hmm. and they don't feel like they have control of that person. Mm-hmm. Watch, they never make it. They no. never make it. It's always the insider that gets no. there. In and fact, the Democratic Party yeah. has something called super delegates. Yes. super delegates are specifically designed. To help yeah. prevent to, to prevent Elitist. grassroots uh, yes. grassroots campaigns exactly so, so it's it's so comical for like both parties to call the other party oh that's the party of the elite no that's the party of the elite no I'm just like, they're existing on both sides and it's <laughs> disgusting cracking me up uh-huh. <laughs> well I guess what I was saying before was they they got their guy because they knew Biden wouldn't be bullied in the debates you know he might be talked over a little bit but you'll hear him say something like. Yeah, it's hard to get a word in with this clown. You know, whatever. And, and he did say that, actually, yeah. word for word. Uh, Warren, 
Warren would call him a bully and whatever and this and that, but it sounds too much like a victim, and nobody's going to vote for a victim, right. even if the yeah. even if the person playing the victim's right. right. So Klobuchar. No, wasn't that girl, girl either. So, I mean, you did have some bright minds. They just needed the strength and fortitude to endure this man, which is why they waited so long. They they knew the sooner they picked a nominee, they knew the, the more the more uh, chunk out of your behind Trump was going to try to take a bite out of. Mm-hmm. So waiting waiting longer yeah. uh, um, and this, this fake infighting. Oh, Bernie, why don't you withdraw? No, this it's, it's all part of the rib. Take yeah. as long as you can. So, so he doesn't have someone to pick at. Right. And, and, and that's it. But what they didn't count on, or, and maybe it was win-win for them because if they lose, they lost because they put up someone who was never a winner anyway, right? Biden ran a bunch of times. He's going to lose. So that's win-win. If he wins somehow, if America decides that this man coming into November on a dementia drumstick is still better than that, that fucking moron. Yeah. Uh, um, seven million people think uh, think think the same way. Then they so it's win win because it's someone. I'm not calling Biden a puppet, but I am. It's someone that they they can pull the strings in the bat. You yeah. know, um, there's also a part of me, and I think you agree with me. 2024 is is coming up, and I don't. Do you even see him making it? I mean, do you like see I Biden? Say, honest, I do honest question. We're, we're both we, we, we don't owe anybody don't, shit here. No. Do you see him making no. it to 2024? I don't see somebody that has an, any amount of fire or his own internal compass that's coming out in the news. You don't even see him in the news. I'm not even it's talking about still, losing the election. It's a still screen. But when do you you no. understand my question, yeah, right? He, I'm not like, talking about going to the no, election and losing. Yeah, do no. you see him making it? I don't I see him making terrible it. Terrible saying that about somebody. Me too. But no, I agree. I no, don't, but. That's a still screen. You don't see the man. We haven't had a press conference. Like, you don't see him speaking (laughs) to the world. Think about all the presidents we have known through our entire life. What have we seen since he was elected? A still screen. A picture of him. 80 to 90% of the time. Like, that's not right. Something's off. No. Something's off. Something's off. Look, the Biden I saw that debated Paul Ryan... That was oh. laughing. That looked like he was, yeah. he was he was smacking him on the back of the head. Now, now, now. Yeah. That's what that's what it felt yeah. like. That was the Biden that I would have. And I ended up voting for him anyway. Mm-hmm. Again, I was one of those yeah. people that decided <clears throat> that this guy, uh, the shell of him, was still better than um, what Trump was going to do because I thought Trump was two years away from sending us back to the to the Middle Ages. Uh, um, yeah, I just didn't. It was crazy, you know. I thought he's done some little uh, good things, not political, like apolitically. Yeah. Like sometimes your intelligence agencies are trying to get you into a war, and he's like, "No, I need more evidence before I tell the yeah. American people." So, keeping us out of these regime changing wars for four years, he's got yeah. my hey. You know, he would have had my vote on that. Yeah. He definitely. I don't believe in sending, mm-hmm. spending all this money, right? That's how, how. How's that for unity, right? When it yeah. comes to spending money, they're sending us to war, right? But yeah. coming back, taking care of our veterans, right? You know, where's where where's the money going to come from? They, where's yeah. the money going to come from? It's, I, I just we just we're just all over. No, I'm just all over the place yeah. right now, dude. I know. It's, it's episode 100. Hey, <laughs> Let Jason talk, and this is what we talked about in hours and hours of car rides, and like we've been around the the block on these topics, and mm, God. yet Wendy Jones, my travel wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've covered some good topics, but you know, we're we are where we are. And um, I'm still more interested in the Olympics than what Washington, D.C. is doing these days. 
But no, I love you know, me some China. The yeah. Olympics. I love me some Russia for the Olympics. Right. I the love ROC. me some Korea. I love. Yeah. The ROC. Is that what they're called? Yeah, what does that yeah. stand for again? Russian Olympic Committee. Okay. You want to talk about a loophole? Yeah. <laughs> Why should the athletes suffer because of, because they're, they're they're people and morons, right? right. I mean, no, I mean, I, I mean right. But, At the end of the day, isn't athletes athletics supposed to take all our differences and then yes. just either yes. celebrate them or put them aside? Right. And, which is and, and, and competition. Which has been part of the hardest thing about this Olympics. So if we we're going to blend the two topics that we've just talked about, uh-huh. you're taking. Everything that's gone on in the world, the postponing of the Olympics, starting the Olympics, the the type of Olympics that are going on without fans and families there, um, athletes being tossed out on positive tests and a negative test, and you know, like all of the different things that COVID has brought to these games, it's still going off, and I'm so happy that it's going on because the world needed it, and my hats off to these athletes for handling the pressure and the stress and that the, what they've gone through to get there. Yeah. Because big up to the COVID N- has politicized the Olympics. 100%. And, and big up to the stinks. NBA. Yeah. Big up to the NBA for fine, for showing people a year, yeah, a year, a year be before. Done. Yeah. Like if you can build a bubble out of Disneyland, yeah. uh, you can create a bubble in the Olympic village. The Olympic v- village is really, if you don't let anybody in or out, yeah. it's a lot easier to, yeah. to make a bubble so very very happy that they found a way to do that too you know yeah. and we got our olympics and and sports really does save all because i don't want to be watching it really horse. does i don't, don't no. want to be watching my, if the olympics aren't on horse. my tv is not on yeah so horse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so that's it huh i mean we've covered it all right we got about two minutes before i actually have to change a file oh no uh, um Tell people your site, Optimist Journal. All right. So I write a blog. Poor girl didn't get to talk that as much. I write a a blog called The Optimist Journal. I am a massive volleyball fan, the mother of four. And um, I just really believe in learning from everybody's stories. And I try to connect um, parents, coaches, and athletes and create a better world through, you know, inclusive, inclusivity and understanding each other and just having open ears and not being mean and all the things that Jason and I have talked about. So, you know, Look in someone's eyes and smile and um, tell your story. Make the world a better place. So you can find me on Instagram, Wendy Jones underscore The Optimist, and at theoptimistjournal.com. Um, and I have a really big project coming. I keep telling you this, but I keep building. And I just want to help people be better through volleyball and, and the game of life. So, Dude, Wendy, yeah. I can't wait. Thank you. Cool, man. Hey, Wendy might love all you people, but I can't stand you, okay? This is episode 100. I'm surprised we reached triple digits. Come on. Hey, so for everybody at home, for everybody in their iPhones, for everybody on their iPad, for everyone on their Droid, for everyone on their desktop, this is Wendy Jones. I'm Jason DeBilius. This is episode 100. The clock is ticking. (laughs) We love y'all. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.